Black, stop playing with him. people what's going on man super bowl came to an end with a firework shocker eye popping can't believe it you know so many different reactions and we are here immediately after the super bowl i got my guest with me john overstreet what's going on john oh nothing much man lovely super bowl what's not to like about it hey super bowl 57 it was eagles chiefs we had rihanna tore it down pregnant you know everybody had all the questions oh she pregnant and that, but it's none of your business for number one number two she killed it and if anybody got something to say negative go ahead and, and just take yourself at the door yeah I, I don't mean she performed great if you're a if you're a fan what's not to like about her performance right and i mean like she she you know one thing i'm getting rihanna out the way is that not, not only did she you know was just beautiful out there but the fact that she did it by herself in a sense of saying yeah she had backup dancers and the whole ensemble i'm not saying that she was but no features it was no you know no no jay-z came about it there no drake you know no it was rihanna and she sang and she you know did the whole you know she she killed it you know what i'm saying like she really she really went out in style and uh and my hats off to her but the game the game, man, like from right off the bat, 11 play drive for the Eagles. It's a touchdown, the first rushing touchdown for Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. He gets the, the Super Bowl jitters right off. What did you think of that first drive? Oh, it was Eagles football right from the jump, and it's everything they've been all year. So they they coached a great game from start to finish. It just didn't go their way in the second half. You know, Kansas City got – firing on all cylinders, but other than the fumble, Jalen played lights out. I mean, he didn't, other than that fumble, I mean, he was lights out. Everything he did, I mean, he ran the ball well. He found receivers in timely fashion. Uh, He kept the offense moving. That, I I saw several people on Twitter talking during the game about changing the rules of quarterback sneaks because of how effective the Eagles have been running that quarterback sneak. Mm Mm-hmm. Every time they're in a and short situation, you're going, okay, this is the first down. Yeah. And it's like it 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 with game well and you know, it took a while for uh Mal Sanders to get the ball. I mean, like I was like, man, they're not trying to give him the ball, but they was running, you know, Scott and and, and things of that nature, but it was working. And then Dallas Goddard, man, was like I mentioned, you know, I kept saying I said Dallas Goddard is gonna make some plays in this game. And he 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 made plays and then AJ Brown made some big plays and then but you got the Chiefs on the other hand, Pacheco ran hard, but just Pat Mahomes, which is able to just do some things on one leg. You know, you know, he got tackled. It looked like he was going to be, you know, hurt for the rest of the game, but he just was able to suck it up and make plays to Travis Kelsey. The one play to what I like that uh, Greg Olson broke down was on the first touchdown to um to Travis Kelsey was the the what they were trying to do. I mean, they had Slay on him, and they brought. 
man in motion to bring, you know, send a little confusion to where Slay had to go on to the, the inside route and where it ended up being the guy they wanted, you know, saying on him. And then they was able to pick that apart. It's just stuff like that that just goes a long way. And that's why, you know, with Andy Reese and they're giving Eric Benemy a, a heck of a endorsement at the end of the game. We're just saying a good job, Eric Benemy. Was was good, you know, saying for his for his situation, but I, I I just look at that like the first couple of drives, but it came down to that missed field goal. Whenever things was like, oh boy, now you didn't want to miss that field goal because Eagles was Eagles was playing, you know what I'm saying? But the fumble, like you mentioned, the fumble was just like one of those things where it was just like, I was like, oh man, that was like a mad, like you know, like when you playing Madden, you sitting there, you playing good, and you playing on all Madden. And the computer just be like, hold on now, let me let, me, let's, let us yeah, get let's, let's let's get stuff back in the game. <laughs> yeah, it, it, felt it, like, felt like, it felt like Kansas City really needed that because Philadelphia dominated the first half, like yeah. time of possession, points wise. Like you said, when they missed that field goal, you knew points were going to be at a premium. So to see him miss a field goal like that, and Philly went for it. Was it? Is that the first half I'm thinking about? Where they yeah. had? Two- oh yeah, they went for it. They went for it like like two times in the yeah, first. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it, they went for it on fourth down multiple times in the first half. So you knew points were going to be important. And when Kansas City didn't get that field goal, and they fell behind. Like that fumble was a lifesaver for them. Right. It was big, man. It was like the interception for James Harrison, man, and against uh, the Cardinals. Like you just need something like that to be like, okay, cool, and and. Like I said, the, the acquisition of A.J. Brown, worth it. Um, Devontae Smith, the draft pick of him, worth it. Um, you got to see, you know, with everything you put in with Jalen Hurts, it was worth it. All of it was worth it for the Eagles. It's just little things here and there that with that, that wins or loses ball games. And now we're going to the second half where what did you what did, what did you think of the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half? I, their defense really surprised me. Um, I'm texting my brother. I'm texting a, a friend group that I have, and I'm telling them, like, man, I've watched this Eagles team, and every time they're in a close game, they answer with these long 10, 11, 12 play drives where they're running the ball. They use that zone read. Um, look back at the Colts game where they had to respond and, and come from behind. They ran the ball the whole way down the field. Then Jalen Hurts gets inside the 20 and basically runs it in for the win, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. plays in a row there. So I'm thinking deja vu all over again, but the Chiefs really brought a lot of pressure and disrupted those runs. Um, They made adjustments, man. You got to give that coaching staff a lot of credit. Yeah, you got to, man. I mean, it was was amazing to see that – I'll probably say just just like Dunlap and uh, and Chris Jones and them for them like it was no real sack no sack happened I think like the the only sack that happened that was in the game was kind of like a you know it, when it, like a one yard tra- loss or something yeah it wasn't a traditional my, my sack it, it wasn't a traditional sack at all so I mean like it just the, the, they had to they had to do different things to to contain them and in the, the second half they just found ways to do that and you know hats off to the secondary. Um, on the shots that Eagles did take down the field, which, you know, that was gutsy. You know, there was, we got to take shots or plays where it was just coverage, you know, and, and uh, Jalen Hurts had to get outside and, you know, dead the ball. It was it was moments like that where it was like, okay, you know, now Pat can get back to playing his style of football and they can get back in this game. But then one of those big plays happened again 
which was different to where, you know, where the, where the catch of Devontae Smith, where you thought it was a catch, and they didn't call it one, which I thought it was a catch. I mean, like, it, it, I, I hope it didn't bring back Des Bryant moments, but they were trying to make sure they didn't go back that far, or they was talking about what happened a few weeks ago. But that would look like a catch. Yeah, I, I said it, and, um, you know, I was on Facebook talking about the Miles Sanders one. It's so hard to understand what a catch is in the NFL because yeah. – it, you know, they say, well, you got to catch it. Some people say, you know, I've heard in Mike Pereira, different people in the booth, Dean Blandino, they'll say, well, you need two feet down. You need to make a football move or you need to make that third step. You need to do something besides have two hands on the ball and two feet down. But then when someone's trying to make a sideline catch or they're trying to do these certain things, it's, oh, he had control and he had two feet down. So it's frustrating as a fan when it feels like the broadcast team, it feels like the people that are involved in uh, telling us the game don't thoroughly understand what a catch is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it 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 certainly. I mean, then you call the garter one a catch. So I mean, I guess that was like we we, we give we give you one back on that one. Like that garter one was kind of close, but then Devontae Smith got to make a big play. On the, on, the, on the drive. He had to make a big play, and then that's when Jalen oh, Hurts went in. Yeah, that was big time. And then Jalen Hurts got to run in for his third touchdown, which tied Terrell Davis um, on, on touchdowns and the rushing touchdowns in the Super Bowl, which that was crazy for a quarterback to do, which he was just getting what he wanted on those plays. And fourth down especially, you know, they was it was like, you know, just, just, just read. And it wasn't even a, uh, like a counter. It was like a quarterback counter, more or less, what they was running with him. Yeah, even but the they're two, they, line they, they just ran student body left. And I mean, yeah. that was just QB power left. Right. And Jason Kelsey, man, he leveled, uh, uh, what's his name, McDuffie? McDuffie oh, yeah. come, come crashing in there, man. He, oh, my God. I was like, God. Jason Kelsey was like, yeah, I've been wanting to do that. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that. It just looked like he been wanting to just, just tee off on somebody, man. He finally got a good shot on somebody, but. Like I said, you can't really complain on bad play by anybody. That's one of the wild things about the Super Bowl was like, can you really point out from your from your um, you know, from you watching this game, what bad areas, like what what areas can you nitpick or say, could you like get on a player or a coaching idea or something in the game plan where you're like, I don't know about that. Like, what can you get on? The the only thing that immediately comes to mind is uh, and you called it out earlier, Philadelphia had issues with those switches in, in motion. Their yeah. defense had issues with that. Like three touchdowns got scored the same fashion. Like yeah. Sky Moore to the left, they mm-hmm. you know they run somebody in motion to the right. Sky Moore just goes out left and there's nobody there. You know, right. Kadarius Tony was the touchdown before that. It was a similar thing. Everybody went with Travis Kelsey because he came in motion and Tony went out in the flat and scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Kelsey in the first half gets the touchdown because he goes in motion and Darius Slay thinks, oh, so-and-so has him. So the Eagles had an issue with that, and I don't know if they just never made the adjustment or if Kansas City just put them in a bind that they just couldn't figure out. Yeah, that that was one of the things where I think uh, Tony scored his first touchdown as a chief on that play uh, some weeks back. I think it was something similar to that, um, if I'm not mistaken. And then you had – uh, the the punt return, or the, the yeah, it was punt return by him that was electric. I mean, like 
he had a moment where he stole he 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 stole the game for a moment. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like let's let let's let let's get Tony the ball because I remember somebody in my group chat was sitting there saying, "Man, like I haven't seen Tony yet touchdown and then that long run." And it was just like that's 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 what how you utilize players like that. You know, Juju Schuster was big on plays. You know, what I'm saying coming up, getting first downs, being there. You know, he had a couple. Um, I would guess you could say miscommunicated moments, but you know, he 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 played well. Scantley as well had a, had some miscommunication moments there, but it was just how they you know regroup and get it together. Pacheco got blasted and came back and ran a long, uh, a nice hard run. I mean, like that was he got. Blasted. Oh, like, Devontae just... Smith got hit in the first half and he got depleted. Yeah, he sure did. Some of, yeah, some of these hits in this game where I haven't seen hits like that, and especially that aren't flags, it felt mm-hmm. like in a while. So they was out there hitting. Yeah, they were definitely hitting, man. I was like, this is a hard hitting. And Gardner Johnson, when he got up, I was like, that's how you hit right there. Yeah, he laid out for that one because if Pachenko would have got by him, which, I, I, like, I rewatched that play. And I, I don't remember which lineman it was. I want to say it was the right guard, but whoever pulled kind of stopped at like the 10 yard mark. And they didn't mm-hmm. account for if they would have got upfield and got that block, Pacheco's gone. But yes, yeah. yeah, uh, Gardner Johnson hit him a couple times in a row, man. If I'm Pacheco, man, I, I'm trying to get him on a team so he ain't got to hit me no more. <laughs> for real, man. It was, that was crazy, man. And you know, um, another thing I wanted to point out was uh I, I guess like it was like the moments where the Chiefs you know Spagnola like had moments man Spagnola had moments where you like uh like you know he kind of blitzed a couple times where he shouldn't have and stuff like that is he is he losing his luster I mean like I know they, they won the game I'm not I'm just going for the things of like analysis to say Spagnola could have could have cost them in some plays and some moments of that game. Uh, I think that's who he is. I think that's all. He's always been a blitzer, even with his his Giants days. He's he's always been a guy that's going to bring pressure. Um, I think he, for the most part, dialed it up at the right times in the second half. He got he got burned a few times. Philadelphia picked up some that last touchdown drive they had. They picked up the blitz very well. Yeah, they did. So, yeah, I mean there was a there was a play where they were cover zero and and they beat it. There was another play, you know, where they it seemed like they picked up everybody that was blitzing. So. I just overall, I thought the game was just really coached well. It, it really came down to who had the ball last. Yeah, it, it man, I and you know, people are just going to talk about that call over and over and over again. And I'm one of those people where it's like, yeah, you, you can sit there and talk about that call. You can sit there and be like, man, they should have called that. But it's like, it, it, it just, it, I, I love the character of Bradbury by saying, hey, I held him. I thought I was going to get away with it. Because you, as a player, you're thinking, like, he ain't going to see that. They ref ain't going to see that. But you held. You know, Mike Pereira is a pretty – you know, I've, I've, I've listened to Mike Pereira on a lot of lot of times when they when they asked his opinion and stuff like that. And I will say, for the most part, he has been fair. And he and he was like, that was a hold. And I'm going to roll with him on that one. And, and I'm watching the play, and I'm seeing that he's the obvious hold. Sometimes the ref is going to not see it. And that time, you got to see it, Super Bowl or not. People thinking that's a week, a week eight type call. But that's an every game type call, and that's an any moment type call. You you know what I'm saying? You can't just because of the moment that a player is going to have to get over on just a little bit. Now, yeah, it might have sit there and change an outcome for what people like to talk about or be like, man, 
the Eagles got the ball back after they kicked the field goal and they had a chance, but no. The Chiefs are sitting there like, no, he held. We want the first down so we can end the game. So you can't sit there and try to nitpick or try to sit there and say, well, they ruined the, they ruined the game when, no, James Bradbury made a bad play and he held. I mean, that's the end of the – I mean, that's the whole object of the thing. You got to not – you got to play within the game. But, you know, there's a holding every call, there's every, every play and stuff like that, but the ref sees it, you gonna, they're going to call it, period. Sports fans love the woulda, coulda, shoulda. And I think that's everybody wanted the Philadelphia could have. And they would have been the same if it was the Chiefs. You know, mm-hmm. if that would have been Philadelphia in that situation and the Chiefs yep. didn't get the ball back, we'd yep. be hearing the same thing, I think. Yep. So mm-hmm. when, when you're watching a game that good, you start to get invested and you start to nitpick it as a fan. There was yep. there was a play where uh, they threw Dallas Goddard a screen and Kelsey is downfield. The center is downfield and makes contact with the DB and hits him helmet to helmet. And, and that's illegal. Yeah, and I'm sitting there watching it going, yeah, now I'm I'm on here telling you I'm biased. They're a rival team. I'm actively rooting against them. So I understand that. But yeah, like you said, when, when James Bradbury says flat out, I held him. I know I held him. Like, don't get on social media arguing a fact, man. He knows what he did. Like right. it's like you said, like they hope that you the hope is you get away with that. Like he went in motion. He didn't stay in front of him. He panicked. He held. Yep. I mean, I mean, thank you, bro. Thank you. There was a moment of panic because his he was out of position. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's going to happen at the highest levels of, of athletics, and it's a shame that it came down to Kansas City. Well, I mean, it's not even a shame. Kansas City did a smart thing. I mean, that's you know they held the ball. They kicked the field goal on one. I'm sitting there as a fan watching, going. I might, there's an eight second difference. I might snap the ball to Mahomes, let the offensive line intentionally hold because they, they have a timeout left. I'm like, run it down to to nothing and throw the ball away, run it down to two seconds and throw the ball out of bounds. Like that, that's what I'm sitting there thinking. Like I would take a holding penalty and kick a 30 yard field goal instead of a 20 yard field goal. So there's strategies and these things happen. People will hold on to anything. And that that's my only takeaway from that. Like I, for the most part, I thought the game was officiated uh, fairly. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that was upsetting to me was how terrible the grass was. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, they talked about on the pregame show that they grew that grass for two years once they found out Arizona got the bid for the uh, Super Bowl, and they showed how many Philly players were changing out cleats. The the kicker almost broke his leg kicking off after yeah. the last touchdown. Like Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, he had on elevens walking out. The next thing I know, he had on the ones. And I was like, yeah, that grass is terrible. Yeah. I mean, and that, that to me is that's how do you fail so badly at something? You know, they're showing them roll the, the grass out every morning and make sure the grass gets sunshine. And then you got people <laughs> slipping and falling all over the place. Like I was more that's, concerned that's about what how bad the field was. I think that's what happens when you try to over-prepare for something in a way of trying to be extra so it can be documented and do all that stuff and really not knowing that it's not like they, they grass is not like getting the wedding cake. Like the cake looked good, but the cake don't taste good. Right, exactly. It felt like that sort of thing. And plus they would thought, well, we're doing this because the players have been complaining about that turf because Odell got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going to get this, this. We grew this grass. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to let y'all down. And, you know, it was just a bunch of slipping going on. So, 
I guess it's like, I guess we're about to go back to artificial, right? You know? <laughs> so, I don't know. It it just, that that is something to point out to where it was a lot of sudden. That kicker did, I mean, he almost messed himself up. Oh, and, he was on his ankle. Whew, God, man. And then, you know, like you said, the Devontae Smith hit, you know, his when his ankle got, you know, when that when that hit, man, that was scary. I would thought that was ankle, knee. I thought that was because he he bony anyway. Oh yeah, that, like, that's why like I said, when he got depleted, I was like, boy, he's a strong wind away from like don't get me wrong, he's wiry. And mm-hmm. you could tell he has strength in that body. But yeah, man, he's so spindly, like he's so thin that I don't want to see I don't want to see any of him get hurt or anything like that. Um but yeah, like that that was that was some of my takeaways from it. Um I will say this though, I felt like it was a big legacy game for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, I said this to you before we jumped on. That Mahomes run that got him down the red zone, to me that that kind of reminded me of Elway running to the corner versus uh Green Bay. Like you could tell he was hurt, but mm-hmm. you could also see how bad he wanted it. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like like what we talked about. It was just like he's a re- he's just a football player. He's a real football player, man. Like he is a football player, and he's going to do what he's got to do because it was like in the first quarter when he first scrambled. I said, "See, he just he don't care about the ankle. He don't care. Like, I, hey, it's a Super Bowl here. It's a Super Bowl, and I got to get it. So that's just ten yards right there. I got to get it because I can't just go and throw it away or throw it in in harm's way and go interception." I got to test his ankle, see if I can get 10 yards. And they saw that he could do it. And I think that told himself, like, okay, okay, so I can run around a little bit. And he did that, you know, periodically through the game, and then he got hurt. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, boy, he reaggravated. But that long run right there, man, was like when Tom Brady had the long run against the Falcons. When they were up 24-3 to and they started to come back and they scored a touchdown, it was 10 to 24. And I was like – you don't let Tom Brady scramble like that because you 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 give a team a, a sense That'll of hope. That energize a team. Yeah, man. And I just like that play, man, was just like you could you can talk about that holding call all you want, but that's the play I'm going to talk about. That play was all heart. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that that showed determination, how much he wanted it. Um, like I said, I felt like it was a big legacy game for Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, I think, is he's going to finish out his career, and we have let that happen. Um, but I, I feel like as long as he continues on the pace that he's at, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Andy Reid, I don't know where he ends up, but there's not a lot of coaches that have two Super Bowl wins. So he's moving towards that top 10. I, I mean, if we throw out a list of 10, I feel like Andy Reid's starting to be in that that list of 10. List of five, maybe not just yet, but in that list yeah. of ten, I, I, it's hard not to put Andy Reid there. I think they were saying he's the fourteenth coach that's got multiple Super Bowls. Uh, I'm gonna just throw him out real fast if I can think of him. Lombardi definitely had, uh, or fourth. Uh, not, fourth, not, fourth no. Maybe I'd be tripping on the graphic I saw. But it's like fourth or fourteen. I think it's a fourteen. I think it's a fourteen coaches. I don't think fourteen coaches got two Super Bowls or more. Do it. I think I might uh, be tripping. Vince Lombardi, uh, Pittsburgh's coach in the seventies. Noel, uh, Landry, Shula, Gibbs, Parcells, Johnson, Walsh. Uh, okay, I think, yeah. I think that's eight. Um, that's yeah, because Shanahan. Yeah, Shanahan. Tom, did Tomlin get two? Tomlin got two. 
no, 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 no. Tomlin got one. Tomlin got one. Coward got one. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I still think that's um, oh, Belichick. How did we not say him yet? Yeah, I yeah know, so 14 is probably right. And uh, yeah. Oakland, I don't think Madden got two, but somebody with Oakland got two. Was it Tom Flores? I he was their coach in the 80s. I think. Yeah, he got two. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So I'm taking Andy Reid over maybe a couple of them. He's, he's certainly with Mike Shanahan. I think they're comparable. They're very comparable. Yeah, Andy Reid's done it better for longer, I would say. But I would say they're comparable for sure. Um, I can say, I mean, I mean, shit. Uh, Joe Gibbs, I think he's better than Joe Gibbs. Gibbs, Gibbs had three, and I know, and, but I, that's why I was I was trying to go after somebody with three. On purpose. Yeah, but I, I, but I I do feel like that's fair. I'm trying to think of a reason why I would take Gibbs over him, and I really don't have one. Gibbs came back and was a good coach in the 2000s. Um, but yeah, I think that conversation's there. That's what I'm saying. I think Andy Reid is is becoming. If he's not a top ten coach, he's knocking on the door for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know where to put him yet. Um. But I'll say this, it's rare to see a quarterback win multiple championships anymore. Brady did it. Peyton Manning did it. Drew Brees didn't do it. Aaron Rodgers hasn't done it. Brett Favre didn't do it. Ben Roethlisberger's in that group. So you, it's rare that you see quarterbacks winning multiple championships anymore. It's not like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you – do you think that this is going to be a next year Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, or is this like? It, I mean, is that team is this is this team getting old and burnt out, or is this just like hitting the ground running? Because it seems like when they lost Tyreek Hill, it was like, well, what are they going to do now? They like well, when one day they lose Andy Reid, so we don't think that we're losing Andy Reid. The NFL is going to lose them just yet. So is the Chiefs going to be this team to where it's like, you know, automatic? You know, they're going back to the Super Bowl. Because we looked at the last five years of, of Patrick Mahomes' career. Do you see any 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 slowing down in this? Um, I, Honestly, not yet. And I'll tell you why. Like, if you've ever been in gym class or, or you've ever been in, like, an open gym and there's a player that is head and shoulders above everybody else, I mean, this player is so good that somebody gets the first pick and the other person picking teams gets the next two picks. Yeah. That's how good Patrick Mahomes is. <laughs> so <laughs> I think if you look at this Chiefs team versus the last time they won a championship, Tyron Matthews not there. Uh, yeah. Tyron Hill's not there. Yeah. You start to look at some of these people that were valuable pieces. Um, I think Anthony Hitchens was their middle linebacker. He's gone. Both of their tackles were gone because I think they they missed the Tampa Bay game where they were injured injured in the Tampa Bay Super Bowl. They've recycled so much of that team, and I was I was going to bring that up. Everyone talks about how Philadelphia went out. They deserve credit. Their front office did a, a masterful job because not only did they turn picks into players like AJ Brown, Gardner Johnson, uh, you know, but they added a pick from the Saints in doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so Philadelphia went out and added talent, and it's easy to go and look and say, oh, they picked up Robert Quinn, they picked up, you know, this person, that person. 
the Chiefs gave up a top five wide receiver, arguably number one. It just depends on who's your, your flavor of the month. They gave up a top five wide receiver and played money ball at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. So looking around, no one thought Juju was the number one. People in Pittsburgh were making fun of him last year. No one saw Miko Hardman. I know he didn't play tonight, but no one saw Miko as stepping into what Tyreek Hill was. No one thought Valdez Scantling was going to be anything. They thought Aaron Rodgers was as good of a quarterback as he could have. Kadarius Tony got traded for a late round pick at the at the deadline. So the Chiefs deserve a lot of credit for rebuilding that roster around him. With his salary and everything, usually that's a death sentence for rebuilding a team. They had all the answers. Yeah, they did. And that's crazy where a team – and I, that's why I asked you that question because, like, I, I like I like your insight. And that's just something where they have recycled and they have been able to just be like, hey, we're cool, we're fine. And you know, it was like the season uh, whenever they lost to Joe Burrow, I think it was the middle of that season where Pat, Pat Mahomes had a little bit of the problem with throwing interceptions. And it was like, ah, I'm going to get it together. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to fix it. And then they fixed it. And then there they was back in the AFC Championship game. I mean, like, this is going to be the game. I mean, this is going to be the team that's going to be the guard of that game. I mean, like, they're going to be there. They're going to be there. It'll be like, man, y'all going to have to get through us. Yeah, it's going to be and them you have to go there, there, and, and, if it, and if it's in Arrowhead, if it's in Arrowhead, and it's like, you you really going to have to get through us. Like, it's like. Yeah, I think Cincinnati's our only competition, and and that may only last until Joe Burrow gets a second deal, and Cincinnati's may be falling out of their window. So, yeah. if I'm if I'm looking at that division, the Raiders are absolutely dead. They don't have a quarterback. Their coach is terrible. They there was a rumor that they couldn't fire him because they didn't have the money to pay his buyout. The Broncos are they're in a rebuild, basically. I mean, how what do you see with the Broncos that you would feel good about, like? You found yourself a head coach, but you don't have picks for years. Yeah. And he better fix Russell Wilson fast. And I just – I don't see it. That offensive line needs rebuilt. Uh, the running back's coming off of an injury. They're implementing a brand-new system. Maybe Denver surprises, but I don't think they're beating Kansas City. The Chargers are the Chargers. It doesn't matter if they're up by 27. They'll find a way to lose in the playoffs. Yeah, they find a way, boy. I think. Yeah, they did I, in the regular they did in the regular season. I mean, they uh, if I'm not mistaken, they was playing the Falcons. They were killing the Falcons, let the Falcons come back, and they almost beat them. Yeah, and then and the they playoffs, they got four gift interceptions and blew that game. So yeah, it's just like how. <laughs> yeah, and and they're they're having cap issues, so you know they're talking about cutting uh, Keenan Allen, the tight end Everett. They're talking about cutting Khalil Mack in order to get under the salary cap. So I, if you look around the AFC, the Dolphins are a question mark with, with Tua, which I, I meant to say that earlier too. The Eagles deserve credit. Look at the fact that they took Jalen Hurts, who was a cast off from Alabama. The mm-hmm. Dolphins tanked their season to get Tua. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia kind of passed them in their trajectory. But, yeah, if I'm looking around the AFC, I can't trust the Dolphins because their quarterback situation. I feel like the the way the Bills' season ended – I don't know what they're going to do with Stephon Diggs, but it seems like there's some bad blood there now. Josh Allen is is great, but he's everything people say about Dak Prescott. He had, he had bad turnovers in the playoffs. Yeah, he did. So I, mean, I 
I can't it, trust it, Buffalo until they make another step, and, and that they need Von Miller healthy. Right, and when Von Miller fell down, they, you know, it, it, the defense tried, but it was like something real different when they was out with it. You know, Josh Allen with the turnovers was the thing for me because it was like if you went, you know, this this neck and neck with Pat Mahomes in that game last season. You're supposed to come in here and be and kind of have it, you know, all put together to where you're not going to make those mistakes. And he was making them all throughout the regular season. It was just like, man, this is a regression. It was literally questions asking if Josh Allen regressed. You know what I'm saying? That he's, you know, you know, is, what's, what's going on with him? And, you know, meanwhile, you got Jalen Hurts who is, is, is climbing and he climbed within his system, within what, you know, Nick Sirianni was like, I'm going to let you rock. And it worked. And, you know, you add A.J. Brown with that, you know, got to gotta put that out there. But the run game was what the forefront of what got them there. And, and it's, can they can they get back to this point? Is this something of a one-off? Is this something that defense coordinators around the NFL is going to learn to stop? Is it going to be like, we're going to put an end to this, or are they going to have to do something different? You know, what is what is the future for Philadelphia Eagles and, and you know, the NFC East? I'll say this. I think Jalen Hurts um... – I would say before the playoffs started, I had reservations. If I was a Philly fan, I I don't know if I would have wanted to see him get a second contract, especially the way that it turned out for Carson Wentz. But the way that he played through the playoffs, the way he played tonight, he will get a second contract from them. They're they're built to keep going, and I think that they've shown that they can adapt. I don't know that they'll be back in the Super Bowl next year, but what holes do the Eagles have? Like they've got some free agents, but you know, they were a plug and play. That's what a lot of these trades were. James Bradbury was cut by the giants. Mm-hmm. They picked him up and for the, for 99.5% of the season, he had a good year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's several things. I think they were extremely healthy this year. Um, I think this draft class has to come through for him. Jordan Davis is going to have to play a lot next year. He's going to have to become a little bit bigger. I don't even think he played tonight. I don't I don't know if he's still on IR or what. But I don't remember seeing him in the game tonight at all. But their picks from this previous year are going to have to step up a little bit. But Hurts will be back. They're going to re-sign Devontae Smith. They're stout. Offensive line, defensive line, like they've got a top. They're picking tenth in the draft, and they've got their pick. They've, they're picking thirtieth, so they're in good shape. Yeah, pretty man. I'm, I tell you I, what, I tell you what thing. It makes you think as far as the competition for next year in the NFC East is like for the Cowboys and the Commanders. How. They're going to bring it, you know what I'm saying, because they're going to definitely have to bring it. I'll say this for my Cowboys. The Giants as well. You know, the Giants, because, you know, Brian Dable, coach of the year, you know, he gets coach of the year. You know, people are already sitting there saying Daniel Jones got to go, but the Daniel Jones plays kind of good, and then people still say he's got to go. You get a good year for Saquon, but the Eagles look like that they're going to make this division once again, you know, theirs. But you got teams in that division that could be like, hold on now. But the teams in the conference, though, could uh, be, you know, saying what's up as well. I mean, you you look at – you possibly look at – you can look at Seattle, what they may do in the draft, and then getting back Geno because they're rolling with Geno. 
And, you know, with the continuity, you know, building it there, you know, saying, you know, Seattle can be something next season. Um, you can look at the uh, NFC North for what, how they may look, depending on what Aaron Rodgers may do. You might see something come out of Chicago with Justin Fields rushing for over 1,200 yards, but something may in the past game may start coming alive. They may start using that home field as a, as a uh, real weapon. You know, there's some things in the NFC that could shift to where, you know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles may not be there. I'll tell you right now, the team that people probably don't want to play next year is going to be the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's true. They got weapons galore. Yeah. And, you know, they were sitting there talking about Tom Brady might go there before the retirement speech. You know, they were like, Tom Brady going to Detroit. I'm like, oh, my God. I'll tell you what, Detroit is a team. Dan Campbell has everybody playing hard. They're giving maximum effort. Um they just they got pieces and and you mentioned Seattle. I'm pretty sure they I think they're picking like five or six. They're they're yeah. they've got Denver's picks. So they're they've got a high draft pick. They've mm-hmm. got their draft pick, which is, I think is in the late teens, early twenties. Yeah. So you talk about adding two or three elite defensive players with their first two first and, and one second round pick. You get Geno resigned. You got a running back in last year's draft. You got two good receivers. You add some young pieces to that defense. Seattle could be a force. Really good, man. Yeah, they could be a force as well. And then I, I kind of look at, at some teams that the NFC South is wide open. Whoever gets a quarterback first, watch out. Yeah, I'm just waiting. That's why I'm not saying that much about the Bucks. But you look at the Saints, I mean, you know, I don't know what they're going to do either. But, you you know, the Panthers is in a, in a position where they're going to have to deal with, like you said, getting the quarterback. So, it's like, I think I want to say that the Bucks can be uh, quicker at the draw of getting a quarterback for what we have talent-wise. But the Atlanta Falcons, just the, it's just a sexy place. You know what I'm saying? It's just – and, you know, they got Cal Pitts. And they got some pieces here and there. You know, they, they got Cordell Patterson, uh, Cordell to uh, Cordell. Patterson. I mean, you got things there that could work out on defense to, to you know, to build on to where, the, you know, um, Devo, Devo Jones. I mean, you got um, Terrell. So, it, it, I think between the Bucks and the Falcons could be that race to be the top. You know, I don't see the Saints or the Panthers. I look like if the Falcons get a quarterback between, you know, if it could be Lamar, it could be something in the draft. Um, yeah, but if, I, if like, I'm the Bucks or Falcons, I'm running to Baltimore with multiple first round picks. Right, that's what I'm saying. So it's like it it it, it looks like they they could possibly get them. You know what I'm saying? But over us, but I would love to have them. But you know, it it, it I think that the Jets would be a team that would definitely be sitting there trying to go after any quarterback for what they got. But as far as the, like I said, as far as the NFC South goes, like you said, it's like whoever gets the quarterback first. But I think the Falcons and the in the Bucks are kind of front running for that. Yeah, the the Jets I think are, boy, the Jets are just like a they have a toxic relationship with quarterbacks, and I don't know if they can figure it out. But they're gonna chase Aaron Rodgers. I feel like if they can't get him, they're gonna chase uh, Derek Carr. (laughs) If they can't get him, I don't know what they're doing. But they got to figure it out. I don't know what the answer is because don't nobody know what the answer is. But yeah, the Jets are a good football team, top to bottom. They just they don't have that quarterback piece. And yeah. uh, you talked about the Giants, and and I I got to be honest, if I were them, I, they're going to stick with Daniel Jones. But man, if I'm them, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. I would look at a Derek Carr. 
you're gonna mm-hmm. pay those guys the same money that you're paying Daniel Jones and mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is gonna be one thirty million. He's gonna be one thirty million a year. Yeah, and I, the production's not there. I mean, first of all, I always say I want to see all these players make all the money that they can. They earn all the money on the field, anyways. Mm-hmm. I hope Daniel Jones makes all the money he can make. I'm not saying what a player should or shouldn't make. I am saying for for what he will make. He's not nearly productive enough to match that. Right. And neither is Derek Carr. And that's why, you know, Derek Carr, he's already saying he, he's turned down the trade. He used his no trade clause to go to New Orleans, so he don't want to go there. I Can you blame him? <laughs> they're, they're the Chargers South. You know, they just don't have the pretty board quarterback. Like, they got a running back you can throw 100 passes to, but he can't run for no yards. Right. They got to. They got a defense that can't stop stop nobody when it matters. I they're just they're a trans they're a franchise in tra- they're a franchise in transition, and I think the Saints have they're like a billion dollars over the salary cap every year, and then they rework all these guys' deals. Taysom Hill is making quarterback money playing tight end. They're just they're in a weird place. I wouldn't want to go there either. Right. Um. What do you what's What's the future for Eric Bannerby, man? Like, what? What do you? What's like? Is this going to get him a job? Like, is this going to be the off season where he's finally going to be walking into an office where they're going to slap an offer and say, "We want you to be our head coach," and he accepts, and then we can finally get that shrug of like, "Yes," you know, like he finally got one. I, I'll be honest. I, this is this is me saying if I was in Eric Bannerby's shoes. But I be I will be Sam Wilson. Let <laughs> let Coach Reed be Captain America until he's old and dead, and then you can be Captain America when it's your time to be Captain America. Hey, you know that you know that, stick with Pat Mahomes as long as you can stick with Pat Mahomes. You know if you're Tex winners, it's cool to be the assistant coach and get six rings with Michael Jordan. Then Kobe gonna come along, you get rings with him too. Sometimes being the vice president ain't bad. You know what? That's not bad right there. That's not – I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea either because it's, it's your job. They're not firing you. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to fire and left with you. Yeah, you know, they're like, not going like to fire You know, it's like it's, it's your job, man. Like, And and Coach Caldwell done, did that with the Colts. You know, he took mm-hmm. over for, for Tony Dungy. And, man, that, that Super Bowl, there's just so many little things that got away from the Colts. Otherwise, we'd be saying Jim, Jim Caldwell's a Super Bowl champion. But – you know, he wrote it out, stuck with Peyton Manning, and he was right back in the Super Bowl. So sometimes being an assistant ain't bad. I think sometimes you got to bide your time. It's not the sexy thing to go be a head coach somewhere else. But if we're being honest, the Colts are dysfunctional. Do you want to go there and be their head coach? It's like, very dysfunctional. Yeah, this, this is the thing. So the, the rumor is they're going to take Philly's offensive coordinator, which I meant to mention that when we were talking about them and uh, saying that the league might figure them out. You know, if they're OC or their quarterback's coach or whoever, that's what happens when you win. That was just like Frank Wright left when, when they won the Super Bowl, and he left to go and be Indy's coach. They're, good teams adapt, and I'll give Philadelphia credit where credit is due. They've learned to adapt. They're smart with these contracts. They know how to get in and out of a pocket and be a contender mm-hmm. again without having to go through a complete rebuild. Right. That's a good point. They, they definitely have, like, they're the NFC Steelers. <laughs> they're yeah, like the NFC Steelers, man. 
And if you look at their roster, I think uh, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, and maybe one other player was the only players from their previous Super Bowl. Darius Slay wasn't in it. Uh, you know, Hassan Reddick wasn't in that Super Bowl. I don't nope. think maybe Dallas Goddard might have been. No, he, he got picked the nope. year after. So they've picked all these people. They've got these young talents on rookie deals. They've got these veteran players that they've signed for short deals but maximize their their abilities. So Philadelphia, mm-hmm. is, they've managed free agency very well. They have, they have definitely done that, man. That is freaking wild. And it's almost kind of like mirrored to what you said about the Chiefs. I mean, it's crazy, but how they did things in free agency, especially moving Tyree Kill and stuff like that, it just goes to show that winning, when winning comes involved, that's why I was praying hope for the Buccaneers. If you have a Tom Brady, we won the Super Bowl, we get around winning, and you know, our GM is smart. So hopefully we ain't falling off the boat and we're going to start doing dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? I think when winning comes involved, you start doing smarter things. And that's why teams like the Chargers, teams like the Bears, teams like the, um, um, you know, I can't say the Cowboys because they find a way to win sometimes. But it just, we can't get over that hump. But it just, there's certain, there's certain aspects about winning when you're in that groove of, where you start doing smarter things. Broncos were an example of that, you know, especially building that defense with Von Miller and them. Like, you just I, find a crew where you just start doing shit right, like the Seahawks. I'll say this, and, and this is the thing, and the Cowboys are extremely guilty of this. Everything Jerry Jones has done since Jimmy Johnson left, actually everything he's done since he bought the Cowboys, it's all, for Jerry Jones, it's about proven winners. Jimmy mm-hmm. Johnson was a proven winner at the University of Miami. He replaced him with Barry Switzer, who was a proven winner at Oklahoma. The only difference in those two coaches was exactly what I'm getting ready to say about the Eagles and the Chiefs and these other teams that, that win in current day. Jimmy Johnson, you know, took over a roster, gutted it, and then he took the best player that he had, Herschel Walker, and traded him. Mm-hmm. He did something that it, on the outside looking in, you would be like, man, you're a terrible team and you traded your best player. What are you thinking? If you look at the Chiefs and you go, man, you traded a top five wide receiver, what are you thinking? If you look at Philadelphia and you go, you have Carson Wentz, you drafted a quarterback in the second round, what are you thinking? These teams that aren't afraid to make bold moves are the ones that are going to continue to win. The Cowboys' problem with Jerry Jones is the same problem it's always been. You know, you moved on from from these college coaches, and then it was, well, we got Bill Parcells, he was a proven winner. He was a recycled coach. you needed new blood, you know. Then same thing with Mike McCarthy. You've got to recycle coach. You got to get new blood in there. You have to take bold approaches to winning. They're not doing that. The Eagles are doing that. The Chiefs are doing that. The 49ers trading all yeah. their picks for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Taking taking the gamble on Trey Lance. Maybe he didn't work out, but they they're willing to make those moves. Well, you got a team. Now, I'm, I'm going to go back and talk about this team, but you got a team like the Bears now. They've got a lot of, you know, a lot of cap space. They got a lot of things going for them. They got some things going for them in the draft. They got, you know, their franchise quarterback, quote unquote. What, what do you think that's a team that can flip what we've been seeing in the past three years to where when they were, in the playoffs, and they hit that crossbar where they could have won one playoff game with Mr. Bisky. Like, can they get back to that with Justin Fields? 
I, I would hope so. And I'll say this. Um, if I'm the Bears, obviously you're hoping for a trade down. If you're a Bears fan, if you're the Bears organization, somebody's going to trade up because they want a quarterback. So you take those picks and you got to surround Justin Justin Fields with all the talent. First of all, put a line around him. I'm taking the first round picks. If you got to draft two linemen, first of all, they have to be hits too. Just because you're drafted position doesn't mean that you solve the problem. Go ahead and put them offensive linemen around him, in front of him. Then go out, and this is the type of move that you, you see these winning teams do. Go out and trade for some of these receivers on bad teams that they're willing to take. Go after a DeAndre Hopkins. Go after a Brandon Cooks. Take some of that salary on and give him some weapons. Look what I mean, it did for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Last year, uh, you know, I'm watching Jalen Hurts play against the Cowboys. We put 50 on him. He's out there throwing pick sixes to Diggs because he can't get Devontae Smith open. All right. The quantum leap was not only in the work that he put in, but the fact that he had weapons and they put him in the right system. And then so, boom. yeah, that opened the whole field up getting A.J. Brown for them. So, yeah, if I'm the Bears, my whole intention this offseason is trade out of number one, take those picks, protect your, protect your asset, protect your investment, and then get him something to throw to. Cole Komet, David Montgomery, Daryl Mooney, Chase Claypool, they are not enough. They're, that's a bunch of C, C to C minus players. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's where that's the one team that I definitely want to see a jump. That's why I keep talking about the Bears. It's like people talk about the Jets. I'm talking about the Bears. You know what I'm saying? You, I want to see it from the Bears. That's the team that I want to see just be like. You know, the last time they was in the Super Bowl was against Peyton Manning. You know, Rex Grossman was leading. You know, he was not a franchise quarterback at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just – you just want to see this Justin Fields kid, you know, do well and be the face of a team that has been, you know, is a – you know, it's not a small market. You know what I'm saying? It's Chicago, man. And so, it's like, what? how can you get this team that once was, you know what I'm saying, a great place to – you know what I'm saying, or just a great football place? You know, for you know, the, the you know the Mike Dicka and all the you know sweetness and all that stuff. But you know, just following that, you know, it was like uh, going for the Bears. You know, saying it was the Bears was a team that you know, that was in that you know, what you could say traditional sense. I think they really just haven't had that identity, like you said. Those Bears teams that you're mentioning, man, they had some of the greatest defensive players of of their eras. Yeah, Brian Urlacher is probably a top ten player. You know, from 2000 to 2010, Richard Dent, Mike Singletary are probably two top 10 defenders. They're probably, without looking, they're probably on the all decade team for the 80s. Yeah. So the Bears just haven't seemed to have hit. They've got some briskers, a good safety. I felt like Roquan Smith could have been that type of player, but they gave up on him and traded him to Baltimore. Mm hmm. The Bears have to add a defense, especially in that division where we talked about Detroit's weapons. We like to laugh at Minnesota, but Minnesota has weapons. They can hang 30 on you. Mm-hmm. And Green Bay is Green Bay. They got that bad man. So you got to add defense. You can't try to out-weapon everybody in the division because that's not going to happen. But you can do, like I said, and put some veterans around them for a year or two. When their contracts are up, let them walk. By I then, hopefully you hit on a, dra- a receiver in the draft. By then, hopefully. Yeah. 
You be playing the game. You be playing it like a Patriots, man. And speaking of the Patriots, what, like, what, what, what is the things that Bill Belichick on the way out? Because you know this is this is like on the way out years right here, man. Like, you know the writing's on the wall as far as like if if he starts not making the playoffs, if Mac Jones not end up working, Zappy's not going to work. Like. With the Chiefs being what they are, and then we got we we now we're talking about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, or we're gonna be talking about uh, the Chargers or the now we're gonna be though it's always the Bengals now because like you said the Bengals is really gonna be the team that's gonna have to beat the, the Chiefs. Like it's now that Belichick is you know is he does he got one more in him? I I gotta say I don't think he does, but that's always been my criticism of Bill Belichick is. Outside of having Tom Brady, I've, I felt like he's a good coach, but not a great coach. And that's a criticism. There's there's people that will take that and run with it, and that's a it's a separate discussion. But I don't feel like if we look at the Patriots, they don't feel like a contender. They just – they don't feel like they do anything – any phase is, is elite for them. They're not elite defensively. They don't have an offense that scares you. Their special teams is their special teams. It used to be, you know, even with Brady, you'd be like, man, their defense is elite. Or you'd be like, they could turn the ball over. Like, you don't even want to put the ball in the air versus them. They haven't had a defense like that for a while. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Bill Belichick does. So I don't look at them as contenders. I look at them as they're in the mix. But I don't see them winning multiple playoff games. Unless Mac Jones makes a – I mean, he's going to have to make a quantum leap, or, or like you said, Bailey Zappi. He, he played well in moments, and I think that Chicago game really broke him, and it broke the controversy because he came in and crapped the bed that game. But mm-hmm. yeah, the Patriots just—they don't. It's a new NFL. You're not going to play three, four defense and, and beat teams fifteen to nine in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go out there and get some receivers that can get you in the end zone. You need a Pacheco that can get hit and bounce back and, and lay some hits on people. You need some of these players that are explosive. The Patriots just don't seem like they have any explosive playmakers. That is true, man. Like, like I think the most explosive player they had was Devontae Parker. And, you know, he he, he gets hurt quite a bit. In the, in the yeah, he plays six weeks a year. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's, that's one disadvantage you have right there with that guy. So, it's like you, you don't have nothing – for explosiveness. I mean, they tried it, Sony Michelle, knowing that his knee, his knee history, you know, that, that it might have been short-lived and, you know, end up being moved. Um, they tried it different things with, you know, I, I guess they was trying to use Jacoby Myers or they uh, or that one kid, uh, Hen, uh, uh, Henry, or was it not Henry? Uh, what was the wide receiver's name that didn't work out? They drafted in the first round. Oh, I know you're talking about uh, Harry – Harry Canil. Yeah, Harry. That was it. Yeah, it, th- those are all moves, typical New England moves. Like, right. stop trying to take guys out of the YMCA and <laughs> turn them into elite wide receivers. Like, sometimes do the simple thing. <laughs> Go draft Tyreek. If you got a draft pick to get Tyreek Hill, get Tyreek Hill, man. Just don't be stupid about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah, see. So- Sometimes you can outsmart yourself with things like that. And the Patriots definitely do it with skill position guys. Like, I know you got a type, but 
sometimes it's easy. Like I always say that my mom can turn on the TV and tell you Randy Moss was great. Mm-hmm. Now, can my mom turn on the television and tell you Wes Rucker was great? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the Patriots' problem. Like sometimes, man, give Randy Moss another contract. Go after these type of guys. When you see a Tyreek Hill in the draft, when you're when you're having a chance to draft. Uh, a CD Lamb, or I'm trying to think of some of these receivers that went. Justin Jefferson went a little bit later. I don't know if they had a chance in either yeah. one of them, but they were both in the teams. So, I, I mean, I feel like there's they a, had, they had a chance. They had a chance of, of DK Metcalf. That's, so, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you looked at DK Metcalf's college tape and you looked at his physique and you drafted some guy that, that yeah. from, from Total Fitness, that's oh, your yeah. fault. Right. Why you why you don't think that you can't coach a guy like DK Metcalf? Like why you don't think you can coach a guy like that? Like <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, it's like, just them overdoing the process. And you're exactly right. Like that happens so much with coaching. And I, I that's why I don't think Bill Belichick's a great I shouldn't say I don't think he's a great coach. <laughs> I think that his resume with Tom Brady shows he's a good coach, but not a great coach. I'm not trying to discount the things that him and Tom Brady accomplished together. I'm saying there's a sample size of him without Tom Brady, and that sample size looks like what the Dallas Cowboys have looked like for the last 27 years. Mm-hmm. You might you might make the playoffs, and you might win wild card week, but you're not winning the second week. That's what Bill Belichick care. is. Yeah, that's what and Bill Belichick is without Tom Brady. And I don't care what nobody say. That damn that damn division stays shitty for years, and it's not shitty no more. And you know now with that division not being what it used to be, it's starting to it's, it's starting to show. It's level you know up. He's got the third best quarterback in the division, and it shows. Like who would have thought that? Like we we sit there knowing like, well, this is a week one for the Patriots where they might lose this one. Too. I mean, they played Miami Dolphins I think twice, and they lost week one. And we're just like, where well, they lost to the Jets, and then they lost to the, the Dolphins or something like that. I just like they, they was like, wow, like this is not like Belichick. Patriots, like the other teams are smart enough. Like that's what it is. Let's let's be honest though. Patriots fans are probably Chiefs fans by now. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest, Patriots fans are they're gone. Like they they're either Buccaneers fans or since Brady left, they're probably Chiefs yeah. fans tonight. Yeah. So there's probably yeah, not man. a lot of doing with Patriot fans around the country anymore. You are not lying there, my friend. And it's it's, it's sickening. It's sickening sometimes whenever some of these. Uh, bandwagon fans, you know, now it's like all these Chiefs fans now. There's going to be more Chiefs fans than ever. Like, Chiefs Chiefs now is just going to be the thing. You're, oh, you're not a Chief? You're not a Chief? <laughs> I'm a, oh, I've been a Chief ever since they got my homes. <laughs> yeah. Or you're going to be had the one to be like, man, I had to be a fan, man. Like, I just, like, he's just so great. Like, it's, it's him and Kelsey, you know. The kids don't bother me. When I see there's a couple people that come to mind. I'm not gonna say no names. When I see 30, 40 year old people wearing chief stuff, come on, man. They, you was wearing this team, that team last week. Come on, man. Yeah. I, and I saw it on Facebook today. I saw it on Instagram, Twitter. Like I seen it on social media. Like you were repping a team last weekend. Y'all got beat. Now you got a chief shirt on. <laughs> it's crazy. That's sick, man. And it's just like, like, do you feel good about yourself? Like, it, 
and I would say for the for the, when I went to go see Brady against Washington, it was uh when they were Washington won. This guy he had one. He had won a uh, a Brady jersey, and when they lost, he took it off and had on a Roethlisberger jersey underneath it, like he was. <laughs> And the fact that he, when it was whenever uh, he, threw, he, he threw interceptions and Washington got the ball back, and all they had to do was just, you know, run a couple plays and run the clock out. Oh, he, he takes a whole the different jersey, team. Takes the jersey off and had a Roethlisberger on underneath it, man. I, I'll say this. As a sports fan, I've been to other teams' arenas. Uh, I went to Ohio State game. Initially, I had a I had an Under Armour Muhammad Ali shirt that was red in uh, red and in, in gray, and I was like, "That's Ohio State colors." I caved. I wore an Ohio State shirt in the moment with my friends and family that were all Buckeye fans, you know. But they didn't they didn't lose and I didn't switch out of it. Went to a, a Lakers Cavs game with my Kobe shirt, even though I'm not a Lakers fan, I'm a Kobe fan. Like I went there to watch Kobe play. That is wild to switch out to a whole other team that's not even in the stadium. <laughs> oh, <Come on>. no. <laughs> and you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a quiet person. You know, I, but you know, but if I'm like, if I'm talking, I talk for it. If I'm like in the moment, you know, especially if it's UFC, I'm losing my mind as Bruce Buffer is going crazy too. But like, I just, where well, I'm a person, but usually I just get up. And I, I had to say something, man. I said, man, you, I said, you sad, man. I said, that's terrible, man. I said, I couldn't believe it. The way he took that jersey off and everything, I was just like, wow. Total flip. Total flip. And I just wonder, like, people leaving the Super Bowl, I wonder if any, like, you know, Fairweather Eagles fans was like, let's go Chiefs. And you know what happens? I it don't happens. know with Eagle fans, man. Like, I, I'm i still basking. I'm Like I said, I'm a, I'm a division rival. I'm basking in their loss. They boo. Yeah. Dak Prescott for being the Walter Payton man of the year. They booed him before the game. Like Eagle fans are a special breed, man. Like I would I won't I almost would say I respect it, but I don't because they're Eagle fans. And that I was so funny. Did you did you did you read uh Dak's lips? Oh yeah. yeah. He said fucking he said fucking Eagles fans. Yeah, like that but that's the energy of, of a rival. I get that, but come on, man. Like you're booing a man that is doing charitable things. Right. Like that's that's not the sense of saying Dallas Cowboys quarterback. They're saying this man helped families. Like I've seen other players approach him and say, hey, you've helped people with suicide. I appreciate that. Let me work with you. Right. I've, I've seen him less than 10 hours after winning the award out doing charity. Like it's crazy to boost somebody in a charity situation. That's a real super villain shit. That's some super villain shit, and and you know they're proud of it. Yeah, and that's like, what I said. Like, now if the Chiefs have lost, could I see some people switching up? Absolutely. Philadelphia fans, no, no, they're 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 special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, but yeah, like I, I don't mean to throw New England entirely under the bus, but that is what it is. Do we? Yeah. We know that dynasty is over. Yeah, that that'll dynasty be, That'll be Warrior fans in in. Two more years, but there will you be know, no Golden State Warrior fans. I wonder if you agree to agree with me on this. They try to make Mac Jones to be this the next time, man. Like, but uh, they try to make him a first round, like a first round time. You know, 
You get what I'm saying? They oh, knew yeah, they that McDonald's is not shit, man. I, they knew the, it. Here's the thing, and I think it's starting to get out more and more. Somebody said it. I don't remember who I heard say it first, but they were like, you watch Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields all year, and then the draft rolled around, and all of a sudden Zach Wilson was a better pick. You know, or or he was flying up mock drafts. And then the next thing you know, you got Trey Lance up there and you got Mac Jones jumping in the first round. They picked all these guys over somebody that on film <laughs> and in print, everyone said all season, mm-hmm. he's number this is number one, number two. Mac Jones was the Brock Purdy of college football. Yeah. He had a dearth of talent around him. How many first rounders? He was Ken Dorsey. Yep. It's basically who Mac Jones was. He was right. modern day Ken Dorsey. And I know, I know all about it. So you I, I just you, you you nailed it with that. Yeah, I don't see the hype around Mac. I feel like for a quarterback, and this doesn't matter what quarterback in the league, any good quarterback, you feel like they don't have to have every single weapon in the world. They don't have to have everything go right. Even if they're on a bad team, they can still make exciting plays. Look no further than Justin Fields. He's on a bad team, and he still makes exciting plays. Mm-hmm. So, oh <laughs> yeah. And, and now, in order to win, you have to surround him with those good players. But Mac Jones was surrounded with all those things, got picked in the first round, and he's just not doing it. Now, we talked about the fact that they don't have any explosive weapons. But he's got a good enough team to be doing more than what he's doing. Yeah. And, I mean, and, you know, it, it, it just, I just hate, I just hate whenever the NFL do that because it's like the thing where they were just trying to tee it up for Belichick of like, here, make this kid great so they can shut the fuck up about Brady being greater than you because he went to the buck. It was just like, you want to make Mac Jones good. And, you know, they went to the playoffs and they, it was just. Yeah, but like, you. But you're right because they were showing Mac Jones with his shirt off smoking that cigar, and you looked at him and was like, "Dude, you look like you you look like the shitty dude at the wide that makes misses 14 shots, and then you make the three to win the game, the pickup game, and you're smoking a cigar like you you have the body of an orc." Right, and I'm not trying to say nothing about race, about white, black, nothing. I'm talking about just Mac Jones, what they try to do with Mac Jones because. They just totally just try to like act like Joe Burrow wasn't going to be great, you know. Saying like, like, yeah, and all the and all the signs were were that he was like. Don't get me wrong; he had two wide receivers that are elite NFL talent, but he put up elite work with them. Then he got to the NFL and was elite right off the bat. Like his rookie year, he was good until he got hurt. Then he comes back, goes the Super Bowl year too. So Joe Burrow was always that guy. Like it was never a question. So where where's where's the clock at on Justin Herbert? So now we we talked about him being in the same division as this MVP monster, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes has now got the NFL on lock. You know what I'm saying? But is is Justin Herbert is is all that talk going to slow down this season? Like, or is the praise going to be less than? But we finally made the playoffs, though. But when you blow a lead like that, I mean, like. I think this year there's going to be a little less talk about Justin Herbert. I think there's going to be somewhat of a humbling moment of like, yeah, we're going to shut up a little bit about you. Max Kellerman is definitely one of them that goes crazy, but 
I just I think, I just think that he, it's, he's going to have to prove himself a little bit more. I think the biggest thing with Herbert is sometimes when you have everything going right, people forget about the support system around you. It was like Dan Marino was like that for years. Like the Dolphins didn't have a defense that was elite behind him. They didn't have a running game that was elite around him. And all the receivers they had were old or cast offs. And it was just mm-hmm. like they had Dan Marino, nothing going else for him. And that's kind of what it feels like with Justin Herbert. Like on paper, it looked like they had all these things around him, but his wide receivers was hurt all year. Eckler, Eckler's a little utility back, but they need a they need a workhorse to go with Eckler. They, yeah, they they've got to do some things. He needs better coaching, and I don't know that Kellen Moore is going to be the guy because Kellen Moore is an inconsistent play uh, play caller. Like in Dallas, he had all the stats: top five offense, top five scoring. He had all those stats, but there were a lot of times when Kellen Moore, when we would play better teams. And that offense didn't show up because he was very predictable and he wasn't good at making adjustments. So it's cool that you hung 35 on the commanders, but, you know, <laughs> we're playing the Eagles this week and you didn't do that. We're playing the 49ers this week. You didn't do that. All right. So I don't know that Kellen Moore is going to be the, the fixer for him. Um, I really think he needs good coaching. I really think they need to add pass rushers and pieces of that defense and then they got to give him some wide receivers that can stay healthy. So, I yeah. mean, for, for me, Herbert, it feels like he's going to be another one of those guys that just neglected. Like, you know, that's if I could relate it, like he's a good student, but you're not giving him a tutor just because you're like, oh, he's a good student. You still got to study whether you're a good student or not. You know what I mean? Like, eventually that stuff catches up with you. Yeah, it does. It really does. I just hate to see a town like him with like how he's been getting hit, you know, saying the offensive line and just how they like you said, they don't got no real they don't got no real bell cow at running back. And it's just like you just want him to sit there and try to like gust it up gusto it out with his arm and and you know it's it's gonna die quick that way. Yeah, their game plan is like, Oh, we'll we'll let we'll give it to Herbert, let him throw it six times this game. <laughs> that's not the way. That's not the way. And it's not – I mean, that's not even something where if you look at it, for example, like Matt Stafford had to get traded to a situation where it had to get away from that to where it was like, here, we're going to give you a little bit of everything. To, but you want to utilize what you do the best. Yeah, the pass. But we're going to give you just enough to where it can be distributed in a sense to where you're not out here just trying to do it all. Yeah, and, but, and, you know, if somebody with that experiment that tried to really stretch it, you know, Stafford still threw a lot of picks, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in that Super Bowl pursuit. I mean, he still threw a lot of picks. And he threw a lot of picks the next season. Yeah, but he went to the right organization. And, I, and I'll yeah. say this is the parallel. The Chargers feel like the Clippers. The Rams feel like the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And you can see it. The Rams went out and, like you said, they got Stafford. But, okay, oh, y'all going to cut Beckham? We'll take him too. You know, oh, Von, you know, we'll, we'll go get Von Miller if he's available. Yeah, we'll do that. They're making all these types of moves. And the Clippers got this roster that looks pretty on paper, but they just don't win anything. And it's because of the way their organization is. That's how yeah. it feels for the Chargers. Like, That's you got to do something different and not be little bro in the, in the same stadium like the Clippers are. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's the word, you know, 
when the Rams knew what they had to do, because, you know, you can't sit there and just be like, well, we got Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to go and you got to go and get this Floyd with and, and go get Von Miller and, and then help out, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey, you know, because then you go, because th- th- that was the big acquisition in that. So it was just like by piece by piece, you know what I'm saying? Like, LA was just like, oh, we, we know what we're going to do when we get this new stadium. And she, we, we already know what we're going to do. And and the Chargers felt like they were just behind. Like I was just like, what are they? What are they doing? Like, <laughs> like, but you you get smart whenever you get a good draft pick in Justin Herbert. But you now you got to do the good things to to keep him, you know, relevant with these new quarterbacks because Cincinnati, they're not going. I don't think they're going to screw up Joe Burrow. No, they won't. And and T Higgins is looking for a new contract, and there's they kind of don't know what they want to do there, but. They're gonna they're gonna get Joe Burrow. I mean, they they were they were pretty close. Like they were a controversial call away from going back to the Super Bowl. I'll say this: I don't know how it would have went for them, but I feel like Cincinnati defensively would have had some trouble with Philadelphia. Offensively, they would have been perfectly fine because they can put up points at a premium as well. But yeah, Cincinnati's gonna be fine. I don't have any worries about them with Joe Burrow. Like they're in a window. I don't know what they can do long term, like we talked about with Philadelphia and Kansas City, like doing these quick rebuilds. But Cincinnati's starting to get it right. Like they're drafting well, they're picking up the right free agents. You know, their their secondary like goes to show. Like they picked up Chidobia Wuzier. Eli Apple's not a great corner, but he's been timely for him. So they remains to be seen for Cincinnati if they can win in this window and if they can reload afterwards if they don't. Now, do you do you think is there any hope? Give me give me what you got on Kenny Pickett and what the Pittsburgh Steelers got going for that AFC North. You know, what I'm saying because they they kind of left with a, I don't know, they probably left a little positive. You know, what I'm saying looking at how their team looked defensively, mainly with T.J. Watt coming back from that injury, but Kenny Pickett seemed like he caught a rhythm. I I think they committed to him and it, it helped the team. I don't know that I don't know that his trajectory is saying elite at all. Like I, I watched him play that Miami game and he had some struggles in it. I watched a couple other of their games. Um I don't know. I think they still got some things to figure out. I think they started to get there, but the way that they use Najee Harris, their offensive line needs rebuilt. Uh defensively they need some pieces. I don't know. Uh, the Steelers are a team. They're going to be there because they're so well coached and they're such a good organization. Well, Kenny Pickett, I don't know. I, I feel like he's I feel like he's easily the fourth best quarterback in the division. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that's saying like Deshaun's probably third, even though he had to shake off that, that two-year rust. Lamar and Burrow, you know, if, if Lamar is healthy, it's a debate, but I'm going Burrow. So if you're if you're Pittsburgh, you got the fourth best quarterback in the division, and they probably need to coach around him. To be honest, like build him up, get him going. Their receivers, Deontay Johnson, he regressed after he had a, a big year the year before. He kind of stepped back this year. Everyone was expecting Najee to be a top five running back. He was probably not a top twenty running back. So I don't know. Pittsburgh's kind of a team. They're kind of the t- the type of team that you go into the offseason, 
Uh, if it if it was two K, you would send Kenny Pickett to every camp you could. Yeah, and just hope that he gets better in the off season. That's <laughs> that, that's how I would feel about him. Like I would send him to every camp I could, hoping that he was getting better. Every single one of them, yeah. Because he, like I said, he he's definitely um he's definitely one of those quarterbacks that definitely have to work. Like he's going to have to really like because I I can see. I can see the leadership in him, man. Like, I see a, a leader. So, I mean, I think if he put some other things in with it, like you said, like, if they sit there and send him, you know, really, really put the faith in him to where he would put in that work ethic, I think he could be a, a real good quarterback. Because, you know, watching him at Pitt, you can see the, see the leadership, the spark, where the football instinct, something of, like, Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Now, I'm not saying that he's Patrick Mahomes' people. I'm not comparing him to him or nothing. I'm just talking about instinct. A football player that's going to make a move, is going to do something, that's not going to stand there and be like, you know, he's going to do something. You know, may put his body on the line. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's got moxie, and, and I like that. And like I said, I felt like they came together around him. Them yo-yoing between him and, and Mitch Trubisky just wasn't helping the team. So when he became the guy, I think yeah. they rallied around him. But, yeah, he he's going to have to make a, a leap as well. Or else yeah. we're talking about him like we're talking about Mac Jones. Yeah, for real. And, and, and there's so many other quarterbacks, like you said, that's just already canceling himself out, Zach Wilson. Um, Zach Wilson's done. I, I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think, think he I starts think, another game in the NFL. Right. I think I think Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's done. Josh Rosen did himself dirty. His uh, for his right soon he stepped in the league. Um, I think you know, the only thing saving Trey Lance is that Brock Purdy's going to be out for a couple months. Yeah, you got Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. So the young quarterbacks, like I said, is is. Earl, Herbert, and you got Fields. I mean, I don't know about Kyler Murray. I, did, who, did they name a coach for Arizona? Mm-mm. So I think that's the first thing is they have to figure that out. Yeah. And whoever that coach is is going to have to love Kyler Murray because he just got an extension. Mm. Yeah. That's a terrible job to get, man. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. That's probably a bottom. Like, it just I know the, the Saints job isn't up, but like I said, that's a franchise in disarray. Like, if you're the Cardinals, J.J. Watt's retired. Do they really have a leader on their defense anywhere? Like, offensively, you're, you're in shambles. Like, you have this Cliff Kingsbury offense, like the pieces of that left over, mm-hmm. which, is, which is basically four wide receiver sets. I just I don't like the way they're built, and I don't know. Kyler Murray's a good player, but I think he's gonna have to. They're gonna have to fix his game. He can't he can't get hurt the way he has. They can't use him the same way that Cliff Kingsbury was using him. They got to protect him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Man, that's just that's just wild though, man. Like the freaking Chiefs won another Super Bowl, and they've been to. Three, that fast, man. And with this kid that now is turning to a like a man, you know what I'm saying? But like you said, he came in there with a gunslinger that didn't really know the game that much. And Andy Reid 
you know, taught him so much, you know, saying to, to, to utilize that gunslinger, that Sandlot type style. And it's like, this league is going to really try to, you know, it's, it's a copycat league. I mean, it, we know this. The NFL is a copycat league. And it's going to be so many teams that's going to try to create this mode before Andy Reid gets out of there. How many years do you think Andy Reid's got in him? I don't know how long he, he sticks around, but I will say this. You, it took a long time for the NBA to emulate magic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everyone saw how, how effective having a big 6'9 point guard with all these passing skills and able to post up smaller guards. And we started to see those guards creep in in the 90s. You know, you saw Penny. Gary Payton was only 6'4", and people thought he was a bigger guard then because he was backing people down. Yeah. But it took a long time, like before we started to see guards be six six and above, Scottie Pippen be a point forward. It took a long time for the rest of the league to emulate Magic. Now there's a lot of guards that are bigger like that that can ball handle and, and do some of the things Magic did. Patrick Mahomes don't grow on trees, is what I'm trying to say there. Oh, I got what you're saying. Hell yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. Andy Reid will hang on as long as he can because, like I said. His his legacy will go from being a is he top ten? We're putting him in the Landry, Joe Gibbs, uh, Don Shula to where he goes to multiple championships, past two to to the rare era of who has four and five and six. So I think he's he's gonna hang on as long as he can, but he might start to lose motivation if he gets to three or four because there might not be any ghosts left for him to chase. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. that'll really depend, right. yeah, that'll depend on his personal life and and how he wants to spend time with his family. But I think he'll hang on as long as he can, and his legacy is, is only going to grow. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, hmm. I think that may which what you are saying is equating for me is that Andy Reid maybe about three more seasons. I can see that, and, and I got to tell you, in those three seasons, it's realistic for them to to keep winning. Like the way this team is built, they've got Patrick Mahomes on the books, and nobody else that they uh, um, who's their, who's their end that I'm thinking of that I'm is it um, Clark Frank Clark Frank Clark? They got to mm-hmm. have him because he's going to break the. I don't know if he he didn't get a sack tonight, did he? No. Yeah, so he he's close to breaking the all time. Uh, sack record. I think he's uh, like under two or three, maybe, and he's going to postseason sack record. Like, wow, yeah, they need him. But other than other than him and Mahomes, there's not a piece on the Chiefs where you're like in, in Kelsey, obviously. Um, you know, but Clyde edwards Hilaire was a first round pick. He didn't even play tonight. I mean, that that's what I'm saying. Like the Chiefs have the they haven't figured out. Like they have an elite edge rusher. They have an elite quarterback. And then everybody else is just good pieces they've put around him. Orlando Brown's a good piece. He was, you know, solid offensive tackle in Baltimore. They traded for him. You you haven't heard his name there. That's the mark of a good offensive lineman. If you don't hear their name, you know they're doing something right. Right. Like, he's not giving up sacks. He's not getting them homes hurt. Like, they're adding the right pieces, and they're not giving up the world to do it. Mm-hmm. Jesus, man. Yeah. That's gonna be crazy how the the next 
the next few years is going to go because it's going to go through them. And it's like the teams in the NFC, they're going to have to get strong. They're going to have to, you know, be one of those teams that be like, nah, like kind of kind of like how Volkanovski was last night against uh, Islam Mikhaev, man, like somebody that was just this guy that, you know, can't do no wrong, that you that you cannot stop. You know, that, that you know, and I think Volkanovski did a good job of just showing him that, like, yeah, you're not that strong. Nah, I, I, yeah, you're not, you're not that strong. Like, you, 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 I can handle that. And I just think, like, there's going to have to be a team that's going to sit there and look at, you know, like the Chiefs and be like, well, we can handle that. We can handle that. Because it's going to be, of course, you, 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 I'm not saying that the Chiefs going to be this undefeated team. They're going to take lumps in the regular season and stuff. I mean, like all teams do. But they know when to when they when to cut it on, and they know when to be great. If you look at their losses, you know, especially in the postseason here recently, because of that Super Bowl they lost to Tampa Bay, it was because Mahomes was running for his life. Yeah, you know, and Tampa Bay had some elite elite defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about some of those guys: Jason Pierre and Paul's maybe a Hall of Famer, and Dominican Sue's maybe a Hall of Famer. You know, unleashing. Uh, Shaq, Shaq Barrett and Devin White and some of these guys, they had pure speed on the field. And Mahomes, if you go back and watch the uh, the audio of that game, there's players on that Buccaneers offense that's sitting there watching the game like he's doing magic. Like they're turning around like, oh, my God, did you see that? Like yeah. he, he put in a performance in that game with both offensive tackles out, and the Bucs still had issues with him. In that game, they pulled away ultimately, but that's what it's going to take. You know, Cincinnati beat them, pass rush. They forced some turnovers, you know, against. You're going to have to force his hand, and you're going to have to have not one elite pass rusher, but probably three or four. And, and then Man. you better be able to score 30. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was saying. You got to, and you know, that's what these teams. And that's why I said this copycat league, man. They're like, we need to get a Kelsey. We need to get – we just need to get some, like, get some wide receivers, and then we need to get a tight end like Kelsey. And then we need to get a gunslinger quarterback. I mean, you got that team trying to do it, man. I mean, you just – you know, these, these tight ends are not going to be hot commodities. You know, Cal Pitts was already one. I got to tell you, though – Travis Kelsey was a third-round pick. Like, I went back and looked at the draft the other day. The Dallas Cowboys selected – there's no way you know this guy. They selected Gavin Escobar in the second round ahead of Travis Kelsey. And, and that's my point. I remember him because I'm a Cowboys fan. But I'm like, he was such a burnout. Like, what did we see in him that we missed in Travis Kelsey? Like, these are these are part of the things. Like the Chiefs just got that pick right, and that was an Andy Reid pick way back in 2013, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So the good organizations, you can see them from top to bottom. It's not a mistake that these two teams were playing tonight. Uh, the Chiefs are just, they're going to be there until they don't have Reid and, and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And. The, the that's crazy that Kansas City man that team that won is the first one back in 1969. 
And I was sitting there just thinking whenever I saw that, and I was like, damn, they got more rings than the Buccaneers. I was like, we got to get on our shit. Yeah, but y'all weren't a team in 1969, too. So that's what I tell people sometimes, too. You know, that's what I have to tell some of these Cowboys fans. Like, it might not, it's not comforting to hear, like, the teams have these droughts. The Chiefs didn't, they won a Super Bowl in 1969. They didn't go back to a Super Bowl until, what was it, 2019? So you're going to have every team, everybody in sports has these gaps. You're going to have these gaps. You know, then you figure it out. You get new ownership. You get a new regime. You figure it out. You know, the Chiefs, Lamar Hunt passed away. His children are running the organization. You know, I'm watching this man take the, take the Lombardi trophy. He looks like he's my age. So the Al Davises of the world pass on and, and these franchises get rebooted. It's going to happen with Jerry Jones. It's going to happen with a lot of these, these teams. Tampa Bay, the Glaciers had it figured out with Tony Dungy until they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and they went and got John Gruden, who was the polar opposite. It, it took a while for them to get it figured out, you know, but I'll say this about them. They will find a quarterback this offseason. They're not going to mess around and, and draft the fourth best guy with their first round pick. They're going to go figure it out. Yeah, they're going to figure it out immediately. Yeah. Immediately. I mean, like, that, that's, that's, that is no lie. There's no joke there. They're going to figure it out. I mean, I, like, my bad. No, I was going to throw it out there because I know you're a Bucks fan. There's They're talking about potential cap casualties Mike Evans is, I feel like, I don't even want to say borderline. I feel like he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Do you think he could be a cap casualty? You know, in, in this in this, in this this today's NFL, it's so much different than what it was to where he would retire a Buccaneer. In today's NFL, we will remember how great Mike Evans was was in a Buccaneer uniform, but I think that it is less of a hesitation now to let a player like him go for the help or the better of the team. Because when things starting to look to where it's like, oh, he's not hurting the team so much as play or hurting the team to where you can sit there and be like, oh, man, he's hurting the team. It's almost kind of like, no, if we did get rid of him, it would just help so much for the greater good. And I think so much teams now with players like him that where he's he's stepping into that realm to where it's like, hmm, he's definitely going to be a Buccaneer this season, but will he be one next season? I think that's the kind of story for Mike Evans. I think he's definitely going to be a Buccaneer this season coming up, but the next season, you know, it, it becomes one of those things where it's like he's going to be on a contending team or – Trying to, trying to, trying to, you know, revive a team that's on a run, you know, on a rise, you know, but that's a, that's a perfect take because that's that's where I'm at. If Green Bay or say a Buffalo comes calling, they're looking for a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, pair them up with somebody. Does a third round pick do it for you? Does I mean, what are we talking compensation wise? If if Tampa puts them on the trade block. I mean, for some of these some of these players that's been going and stuff like that, I think 
I think you really would have to look at him as like a two or three. You know, he ain't no one, but I think a two or three. That's it's it's for especially if this upcoming season. But I think if he has another thousand yard season, multi touchdown, uh, more than ten touchdowns, you know, we're looking at uh, you know a two or three. Yeah, I think if he definitely has another, If he has another season like that, I think he's a Hall of Fame cemented block. Like, yeah. there's a backlog of wide receivers, and and we didn't even touch on the Hall of Fame class, but I don't have it memorized. But I'm pretty sure Andre Johnson was up for it this year. Steve Steve Smith didn't even make the finalists. Crazy. Tory Holt got passed over again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Reggie Wayne was up or not, but I think he's close. The way that some of these wide receivers, the things that they have to do is, is kind of crazy to get in the Hall of Fame now. Like, we're talking about Marvin Harrison, Terrell Owens, and Randy Moss really being the only guys from this wide receiver renaissance that, that have gotten in in a timely fashion. Yeah. Um, Larry Fitzgerald will, but yeah, like Mike Evans. Ronde, hey, look, I'm just happy Rondé Barber getting in because that's another buck, man. That's another buck. And I'm happy about him. Yeah. I was going to throw that in, but you know, Andre Johnson, if he gets in, that would be wonderful, you know, for the U. You know, saying another Miami Hurricane getting in, but you know, like Mike Evans is, you know, he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, man. Especially if he has another thousand yard season, he just showed it to where you know, with these wide receivers like Torrey Holt, I can't believe he's getting passed up. Steve Smith, you know, these guys like it. I know he, you know, grew up watching. And, and, you know, trying to, like, make sure he has a career like them, long-lasting. I mean, you look at you look at guys like Isaac Bruce, you know what I'm saying? I don't see how Torrey Holt gets passed up and, Tor- and Isaac Bruce is in, you know, which Isaac Bruce, you know, took a long time. And I understand the process of it, you know what I'm saying? But I hope that Isaac Holt – I mean, uh, Isaac Holt – Torrey Holt doesn't take too much longer to get in there. I, I'll throw this out there on Rondé real fast. I'm pretty sure – he was the first guy that had 20 sacks and 20 interceptions. Man, that's wild. I think I'm pretty sure it was Rondé Barber. I want to say he did it, Rondé Harrison did it, and Ray Lewis did it. I don't know if anyone else has, but I think Rondé Barber was the first one to, to 20 interceptions, 20 sacks. So Amazing. He's one of those players as a fan of any team. I feel like you had to be a fan of his. Mm-hmm. So he and he shut down the vet. I'm always indebted to him. For that, that. That, that, that's one of my favorite moments because people always talk about Rondé Barber, him not being a flashy type corner. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, you know, cover two, you know, Tampa two, how we did, you know, he, he just did his job. type corner, though. Yeah, he was real. He was real. But that closing down the vet pick six, man, was his moment, man. Like, yes. That Absolutely. was, that was excellent. That, that was, that's what you call like, Having that moment of like that's, you know, he would he would forever have that, and winning the Super Bowl on top of that, and the defense being the main reason why we won the Super Bowl. I mean, like, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you when you're ready to make that trip. Let me know because we got a couple going too. <laughs> I know, right? Oh yeah, man, and that's crazy. Chuck Howley, are you kidding me, man? You know, what I'm saying how long he's been waiting to get in there. Um, that's 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 big time, man. I've always looked at him as the Jerry West of the NFL, and I'll say this because one, they're they're both from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Two, he won the Super Bowl MVP in a losing effort, in a losing game. 
Just like Jerry West. Just like Jerry West. So he's always been kind of like the Jerry West of, of football to me in that sense. He, I'm glad he's in the Hall of Fame. On on the other note, though, I'm I'm happy to see Demarcus Ware. Like that's a dude that I saw get drafted, play every down mm-hmm. for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. watch yes. his whole career. Happy that he won a ring with the Broncos, but sad he didn't get his ring in Dallas. But shout out to Marcus Ware, man. He's probably one of my top five p- favorite players. Period. Yeah, I, I got a quick story. Uh, I got a quick story about him, like something that's like a Demarcus Ware. Me being a fan of him, whenever he got in the league, but it's just like a moment where I was like, damn, like Demarcus Ware. And I remember I used to talk about it all the time was the fact that. Um, I remember when Reggie Bush got drafted by the Saints and it was like, you know, it was like, you know, they got a new Ferrari, you know, like they, you know, they couldn't wait for them to get this new, new Ferrari out here. You know, Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush, it was the first preseason game and they played against the Cowboys. And I remember it was like, you know, it was the first televised like type preseason game, because I think it was the second preseason game, because I think they played the first one. It wasn't televised. It wasn't like that. And I remember this one was televised. It was like Reggie Bush versus the Cowboys. And I remember he was getting the first team action. And I remember they ran like a toss play. And I remember DeMarcus Ware like went out there and got him. Like it was like he didn't even get a yard. It was just like like Reggie Bush got a toss. And I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, it's Reggie Bush time. And he was like, get out of here. Like, he's I, I, the, he was different. He was he he was different. He he wasn't like a sideline to sideline guy like Brooks or Ray Lewis, but he had absolute speed. And he he got his he got his weight up when he was a rookie. He was probably two thirty two forty. Yeah, but he got his weight up and and he had some moments. Uh, I remember when he ended uh ended the Saints' perfect season the year they won the Super Bowl. He was out all week injured, didn't practice all week, came in and played only third downs, and I think he had a couple sacks, forced the game win and fumble. So just always big plays from him. Like, he he seemed to come up big a lot, man. I, I was, like I said, I was sad to see he couldn't get a ring in Dallas, but and we didn't do a whole lot to help him on the other side of the ball either. So, but, yeah, that that's a trip I'm definitely trying to trying to get planned, go to the Hall of Fame and, and, and see one that I got to see start to finish. That feels like uh, definitely something to plan later on in the year. Like I said, you're more than welcome to come this way. Thank you. Yeah, see Barbara and them. Yeah, but, I, I, I definitely, I definitely want to uh, make that trip. Because... Uh, I've been to Canton, I've been to Canton, you know, several times, but I never got to see the ceremony. I've never been, you know, to see the ceremony. So that that definitely be cool. And, I got you to because they, they said this be this it just be you know legends just be hanging around. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how my mom met Earl Campbell and she didn't know who he was. Wow. Yeah, me and my brother bopping around. I think we had done. We went to the. Um, they had a Madden ten. We went. We went in the year two thousand. Matter of fact, it might have been no, it was the year two thousand because that was the, they had Joe Montana and I'm pretty sure Ronnie Lott was in that class and John Madden. And um, no, it wasn't Madden. It was it was Howie Long. I think Madden maybe spoke for Howie Long for Howie Long. But anyways, we're going around the Hall of Fame, hitting all the tents, doing everything. We come back, see this old man walk away from where my mom was sitting at. We said, "Who was you talking to? Did you know him?" She said. No, we was just talking. She said, he said his name was Earl Campbell. He played football. Wow. 
floored. We're like, you're sitting here talking to the power running back. Like, this man put Earl his forehead in somebody's family. chest and killed him. <laughs> and you just sitting there just casually like, oh, yeah, they're okay. I'm sitting there in a Marshall Falk jersey, hurt because I didn't get to talk to him. 14, 15 years old, upset. So we, we we tried to hang out there. It was one of the things where you see somebody catch a foul ball, you go stand beside them trying to catch the next one. We thought we was going <laughs> to see the next superstar because he was over there. So we hung out there, and I don't know what else we missed. But, yeah, man, the ceremonies are a great time. Um, you'll see players everywhere. So I don't know if they'll put the Bucks or the Cowboys in the game. We seem to end up with it a lot. I don't know if I'll hang around for the game, but the ceremonies are definitely cool. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely see that. That's gonna be crazy, man. Like, I, I, you know, the Hall of Fame walking in to see those uh, bus is like really like a church moment. It's like, like, like you know, I want to say, yeah, that's like, like it's just, it's it's, it's, it's a, a moment. moment. I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a holy moment. Like that's that's. I mean, I think it's fair to say that. I mean, it's like it's really something like. We, we kind of played off as like, oh, let me go in here and check this out. Let me see this room real quick. Let me see this. And it's just like when you get in there, it's like, yeah. So, yep. so speak, speaking on that, let me ask you about this because Dion said this, and I, I appreciate what he was saying. He was talking about some of the players that they're letting in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'll throw oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know where I'm going. I felt that way about Cortez Kennedy. When he got in the Hall of Fame, I was like, Good player on a bad team. Do I feel like he's one of the best players that ever played in the NFL? I didn't feel that way. I don't know that there's anybody else that I could just jump to immediately. But Dion said the Hall of Fame needs an upper room. Basically talking about the Lawrence Taylors, the Reggie Whites, the Joe Montanas, future Tom Brady, Jerry Rice. These guys belong in a separate room. They need a penthouse for for those type of players. How do you feel about that? I'm with Dion, but it's like it's too late. You know, it's like, but it, I feel him. But it's like if they did do that, I mean, they would have to really intricately do that right, so people wouldn't feel, you know, any type of way because they feel like well, once they get in, they're in. But I really do agree with Prime on. That because when I seen that, I laughed because I was like, I feel him, you know what I'm saying? Like, I totally feel it because he's like, we need different color jackets or something. He had me cracking up and he was like, hey, to a he's degree, like, he's right. There, he's there, like, there's, there's levels to it, there, there's levels, and, and maybe I don't know if they give him a platinum jacket, but Dion is on a different level than some of these guys, yeah, you know. Right. So you got because you got like because you know here's my stance to where you actually have certain players that are deserving that played a shorter band than some of these past greats. You know what I'm saying? Like the 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 Emmitts, the you know the the Dion's or Jerry Rice's. You know they played a lot of years. Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to see these players playing shorter times, man. Like, these, these new generation is not going to be playing 20 years, man. Oh, no. Calvin Johnson, Terrell Davis. All right. 
you know, some of these guys now, first of all, both of them were deserving. I think injuries robbed us of what Terrell Davis long-term could have been because he was sweet. And like you said, Jalen Hurst tied his record tonight. Like Terrell Davis was that guy. That man was concussed. It was out there balling in the Super Bowl. Like that was a war crime by Mike Shanahan putting him in blind. Yeah. Like, so Terrell Davis is definitely deserving a hundred percent, but if you start stacking his career up, there was there was a picture going around Twitter where Ezekiel Elliott's plays the same amount of years. He has more yards, more receptions, 20 more touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott's not on the same level as Terrell Davis. He could have more yards. Yeah. Terrell Davis was the league MVP. Zeke has never been that. Like Terrell Davis was Super Bowl MVP. Zeke has never even been in a championship game in the conference. So there's different levels, even when we're talking in, in those pockets. Yeah, that's so, where stats don't matter, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, that's where you have to have context and say, like, Terrell Davis was the best offensive player in the game for probably three or four years. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott's never been that. Like, you, you're going to have longevity stats over him because he got injured. Like, that's going to happen. The same thing with Calvin Johnson. Like, he was in a dispute with a bad organization. People are going to pass him. He was that guy. Mm-hmm. You, hey, that's that's a that's a hell of a point to where like he with Barry Sanders. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just somebody that just was like you knew that where if he went anywhere else, you knew he'd play about five more years and just tear it up. Yeah, here, just here's the crazy thing. I still can't get over the fact that Green Bay passed on him. I know, man. I mean, like, his his whole career could have changed drastically just with that. And with Barry Sanders, like, that's a perfect example of Detroit being a bad organization, man. They should have let him go. They should have let him go to the Dolphins or the Chiefs or wherever he wanted to go that was contending and could have used his help. Mm Because it wasn't in Detroit. They did not have the answers. Yeah, I, it was like we could have drafted him too, man. You know, forget like where we were at in the draft when Calvin Johnson was in there. It was just seemed like it was a stingy pick by the by the lines. I remember calling it that whenever I was, <laughs> I was like, "This is just a stingy." I said, "That's a stingy Lions pick." I said, "It's so Lions, man." Like for them to sit there and do that, like they they that was that was just such a Lions pick. Like, it was just like they did just like, it's Calvin Johnson right there. We don't really need him, but we're going to get him. They did it with the previous pick. They did Charlie Rogers like that when they didn't need him. You know, it just – but he ended up working out, you know, saying uh, Calvin Johnson because he was he was Calvin Johnson. Yeah, they hit on one, one out of three of them picks. They picked Roy Williams, then they picked Calvin, then they picked Mike Williams. They, they hit on one out of three wide receivers. Yeah, Mike Williams, that's who it was. Mike yeah, and, and he was overweight in college, so I don't know what made yeah. him want to, want to pick him right. in the top ten. But yeah, I, I just I wanted to throw that out there with Dion. Like I felt like he really his comments on the Hall of Fame talked about exactly what you were saying. When you walk in the Hall of Fame, the level of respect is is there automatically. Like I took somebody, I went to the Hall of Fame two years ago. I took so many pictures of people that didn't play for the Cowboys that I just flat out had respect. You gotta take a picture of Vince Lombardi's bust, if you ask me. 
when I see some of these other players in there like that, that's my first thing. Tony Dungy, Ed Reed, Randy Moss. I'm yeah. I got to see their bus. I want to give them their flowers, their respect. So yeah, I'm, so with, I'm with Dion. I don't. I don't want to start seeing guys get put in there for the sake of getting put in there. Because mm-hmm. it makes it water down, man. Like it really does. It makes it where it's like it's. It does. Yeah, I don't want to see Matt Ryan in there next to Dan Marino and John Elway. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know yeah. he could have all the stats in the world, Philip yeah. Rivers. Yeah. I don't want to see Philip Rivers in there beside Joe Montana. Ooh, I don't. Ooh, he took it there to Philip Rivers. I, I, you could throw some of our guys in there too. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I don't know who's a borderline Hall of Famer for Dallas. Um, there's some people that feel like that's Jason Witten. I feel like he has a resume to get in. I think he got a resume to get in. It's Tony Romo. Yeah, yeah Tony Romo is not, I, he's a clear case. He's not a Hall of Famer. Right. He had two playoff wins. As a quarterback, you got to win some rings or or change the game. I mean, what about you, what about what about Donald McNabb? I think Donald McNabb should have already been in the Hall of Fame. Ooh. I don't know if his eligibility. I don't know where his eligibility is. He went to he took took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. I think he was in five NFC Championship games. What's not to like about Donovan McNabb's career? I mean, I would take him over. I don't want to say I'll take him over Eli Manning, but I feel like I feel like he was better than Eli Manning in real time. No one ever felt like Eli Manning was the best quarterback in the league. Donovan McNabb uh, in 04 was the best quarterback in the league. In 04? That was the year they went to the Super Bowl. He had 31 right, touchdowns right. and I think nine picks. Maybe Peyton Manning was considered better that season. I would have to look at Peyton Manning's stats in 04. But Donovan was – people looked at Donovan like a top three quarterback. I don't think anyone ever looked at Eli Manning that way. Hmm. I'm going to say that Don McNabb is like, I don't know if he's getting in, but you make a you make a good argument, and then that 2004 season was spectacular. I, I just look at some other seasons, and, and you know, but you know, you you know, he went to three NFC Championship games. Mark Sanchez went to back to back ones. I mean, so it's just like, I'll say this: he en- he ended his career in such a a bad way. Because I'm pretty sure he ended up with the Vikings at some point. I know he went to the Skins after Vic went to the Eagles. Yeah. And then he ended up with Minnesota, I want to say, for like a week or something. I think so. I think it was. I know yeah. he played for Redskins. No, it was the Redskins. Yeah, he played for the Redskins for a full season, I think it was. Yeah. And but then, I think, uh, I think yeah. Minnesota had him for like 24 hours. <laughs> so he didn't end his career in a great way, but – he just he had a chokehold in the NFC like he was in the NFC championship game like every year. Eli Eli uh, outside of those two years that they won the Super Bowl never won a, a playoff game outside of that. So I just I don't know with Eli Manning I don't I I'm not saying it's luck I'm not saying anything like that. I am saying that he had an elite defense. He won a Super Bowl with him. Second time around, they were eight and eight. 
I'm pretty sure. Got in the playoffs, got the hot hand, won the Super Bowl. He deserves credit for that. But outside of that, outside of them two Super Bowls, what do you feel good about Eli Manning about? Yeah. I mean, Donovan McNabb doesn't have the Super Bowl. You know, here's the thing that Eli Manning did. He won two Super Bowls. Yeah, he won two so Super Bowls. That's like, what I'm saying. So He'll be there. You can, you, you, can, you can say that. You can say that. But it's like he won. He beat Brady. And where McNabb was throwing up in the huddle. But but just let me say it this way. Jim Plunkett has two Super Bowls. And he's nowhere close to the to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you could have you said Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> uh, Terry Bradshaw was like MVP. But, but come on, man. Terry Bradshaw. I look. I never watched a man play in real time, but when I look at Terry Bradshaw and I see he he won league MVP, he was leading the league in passer rating. He was a great quarterback in that day. Yeah. Eli you. Manning. Eli Manning never led the league in anything but interceptions. <laughs> so I don't know that. To me, like I said, Donovan McNabb has a. Uh, almost full resume. He was a field goal away from being a Super Bowl champ. He's he's if he's not a Hall of Famer, he's on a doorstep for me. Hmm. I feel like he okay. had a better career than what Warren Moon did, and Warren Moon's in the Hall of Fame. He only won, I think, one playoff game. Hmm. I think they got more Moon in because they knew they should have drafted his ass way early too. So I they think did. they did some reparation there. Yeah, that's Warren Moon damn near broke the color barrier quarterback. Right. <laughs> All right. I think there's a little bit of that involved in that. Um I think so you you said okay. So you said Philip Rivers, no. He's a strong no for me, but he might get in because of his longevity and the stats that he put up, but I he didn't win any awards, he didn't win any hardware, no rings. I just I don't like Philip Rivers to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Philip Rivers is, and you know, like you said, Matt Ryan, like he, you know, they're gonna be like, look at his numbers and you know, four quarter comebacks, and and it's just like, uh, if we're being honest, he was never like we're talking about the same era with him and Philip Rivers. Brady was better, Manning was better, Drew Brees was better, Aaron Rodgers was better. Yeah. There, there's four right ben there. Ben Roethlisberger was better. Ben Roethlisberger was better. So there's five quarterbacks that were better, and there's no argument. There's no discussion that, that Matt Ryan or Phillip Rivers was better than either one of those. Then, <laughs> then Eli Manning is going to get in, so he's going to be the sixth quarterback of that era to get in. There's no way you're taking quarterback seven, eight, you know, down the line. Yeah. And we're and we're not even talking about Kurt Warner being in that era, Carson Palmer being in that. Carson Palmer is another guy that you can say that for. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think you take the eight, nine, ten guys into the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's crazy. That is crazy. What do you think about Carson Palmer? Uh, I think he's another one, man. I wish he never got injured, but. Hmm. You know, as as his career stands, I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't, but I and quarterback is different because if we started talking about the eighth, ninth, tenth best running back, well, well Jake Plummer's not getting in, so I guess I guess you're right. 
Yeah, like we're not putting a lot of those guys in. Like I think running backs after Adrian Peterson, who else is going? Like my brother, loved, my we, brother we, James loves some Frank Gore, but Frank Gore's getting in, man. Don't you? Don't you dare! <laughs> don't you dare! Don't think, you dare! Don't you gets, dare! He gets in, but I don't think it's first ballot. No, it's not first ballot. But he's getting in. He's getting in. Probably in his fifties, but yeah, he he's gonna get in in his forties. He he's gonna be second. He's gonna be third ballot. Third ballot, I think that's fair. I think third ballot weighs like forty eight, something like that. He be third ballot. He's getting in. He he could, and I wouldn't be mad at it. But that that was my point. Was I don't think there's six, seven running backs because after Darren Sproles, what about Darren Sproles? Oh, uh, I don't know. I I, I don't think that. I don't think that he does. I think Marshawn Lynch does. Um, I don't know about Shady. I say no. Mm-hmm. But I, I Again, I understand mm-hmm. I'm biased. Mm-hmm. He was all decade team. Mm-hmm. He does have two rings. Mm-hmm. But he played as many he played as many snaps in them Super Bowls as I did. He he got a ring like Ed Monix got a ring. And you know, I've always said that we in the Chiefs were wrong for that. Very wrong. Yeah, to not dress him for a roster spot for, for a player that didn't even get in is kind of bullshit. Because at least anything he could have got a carry at the end of the game or something like that. He wasn't gonna fuck up a carry. Like he wasn't like he was gonna fumble or something. Like he was gonna just like just 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 fuck up or something. I thought that was kind of piss poor. Yeah, I, I would agree with that because that that's an all time great, and you find a way to get him a carry. Yeah, I think you know, I think what it was was they they did it because of what he was going through with that chick, and they didn't want that out there like him playing and then have some people say he shouldn't be out there because it was during that time too. So that could have been something involved with it, but I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cheap. Because if he was healthy, he should have got the play. I don't see him as a Hall of Famer, though. That's just yeah, me. It's, 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 it's tough, man, because like, like you said, Deion is right, man. De- I mean, because it's like you, just, there should be like a like a little room he can go into, like him and Vic, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah, like, and, and I'm cool. They could have a yeah. whole of good, and I'm cool with that. But yeah, you're not putting LaShawn McCoy in there with Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Jim Brown, yeah, right. Damian Tomlinson. Like, right. they're a different okay. level. Yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy. Because, like, like you said, Adrian Peterson is it. And yeah, Adrian like, Peterson is in, no question. Like, I don't see nobody. Wow, that's crazy. Like, I don't see nobody after that. Like, I mean, like you said, Zeke. I mean, I guess I think somewhere I'll just keep some going and just keep seeing, like, you know, getting a thousand yards. I guess, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, Josh Jacobs, you know, Josh Jacobs can be that guy, you know. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, when he hangs it up, could be a Hall of Famer because he's got just about every. He's got the rushing titles. He's got the two thousand yard season. If he gets a little bit more stats, he's probably going to get in. But he's probably going to hit 10,000 yards. I don't know where he's at. Zeke's around seven. He's probably right there with him. He's probably a little bit ahead. 
So he's probably seven, eight thousand yards rushing. He'd probably get to maybe eleven or twelve if he stays healthy. So who, I can see who, who's, who's, getting, who's the next who's the next corner that's getting in? Because you know that Darrell Reeves, Rondé Barber getting in. Like who's the next corner? Uh, if we're talking active corners, ooh, we got some youngins in there that are active. I'm trying to think of somebody that might have recently retired. Um, well, I mean, there's some that I was out there that I liked a lot, but I know that didn't have the type of career was like Xavier Rhodes. Uh, he's one, yeah, he's uh, one that sticks out. Peterson, Peterson's got to be close. I think, yeah, I think he had a Hall of Fame type career. Um, McCordy and, and Malcolm Butler being Patriots and winning rings. Um, Joe, Hayden, Joe Hayden. I don't know. Joe Hayden's probably close. Um, Akeem Talib is one. If he wasn't so controversial, I'd feel like he was an easy case. Yeah. What about yeah. Chris Brown? Oh, wait, 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 not Chris Brown. What is it? What is it? Uh, Harris. Chris Harris. He's another one that's probably close to the end. He's got a ring. So, though, though that, having a Super Bowl is such a difference in, in the Hall of Fame because it validates that you should be there. Mm-hmm. It's the guys that don't have a ring. It's the guys that don't have the all pros or the they never won a defensive player of the year. They never led the league in picks or sacks or nothing like that. Um, Chris Harris is certainly close. Like I, I feel like he St- uh, Stephon Gilmore is probably one you could throw in there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those Patriots are going to get in. I feel like there's a lot of those guys that'll get in. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. Um, I think we can pretty much say that play. Uh, I, I can see it. I can yeah. see it. He he has some moments. Well, Xavier Howard. They can be Xavier Howard. He's another good one, but I I like to see a little bit more from him. I think some injuries robbed him a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a really good corner though. But football now is different. Like it used to be, you got four or five picks a season. You made the Pro Bowl. Everybody knew not to throw your way. Now it doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah. Like. Teams are throwing at you. Like you mm-hmm. have to win the rep. They are not they're these concept routes are forcing the quarterback to go where he should go with the ball. Like mm-hmm. you, you weren't throwing a concept route versus Dion or Aeneas Williams or Eric Allen. Like <laughs> you had to win the rep. <laughs> now they're like, I we threw a third and thirty versus Darius Slay this year. You know, he passed him off to the safety, and yeah. both of them got beat by T.Y. Hilton, who who yep. I think is a senior citizen. So <laughs> you'll have that with today's corners. It's so hard to watch them. And we talked about this a lot through the year, uh, both on and off the podcast. Last year, everybody and their mom knew exactly how many yards that Pro Football Focus put on Trayvon Diggs. Do me a favor. who, Which cornerback gave up the most yards in the league this year? Yeah, one more time. Which cornerback in the NFL gave up the most yards this year? Nobody knows. And it's because it wasn't a narrative. Yeah, that's true. It shifted because yeah, Dick Dick wasn't giving up the volume, so now it wasn't a big deal. No one knows. I'm about to find out who it was. 
I saw who it was, and I, I don't have it committed to memory, but I, I also saw last year someone shared a thing where it showed Diggs the second year versus, I think, Jalen Ramsey's second or third year. Ramsey had gave up like eight or 900 yards, and it was like no one had that narrative at the time. So I think the way that we're evaluating corners and the way that cornerbacks play is, is completely different now. Like, like I said, it used to be if you have four interceptions, you had a good season as a DB. Mm-hmm. Now no one knows what a good season is. They expect you to never give up a catch. You're supposed to come up and run support and make every tackle. Even if you're getting the interceptions, they people want to see you get a sack. Mm-hmm. The way we evaluate corners has changed. Hmm. That's a good point because, like I said, if you, you ask the question like and you think about it, it's like, man, it's like, so a lot of corners gave up a lot of yards. And even though they made a came up with some picks or some good plays, it's like Ramsey, you know, he gave up some yards, but he's got some picks, he's got some good plays, you know what I'm saying? So it's like these players you need, they're going to they're gonna make big plays for you, but, you know, they're going to give up some plays. And that's what cornerback has always been, but there's such an onus on it now because everybody wants their guy to get the recognition. Well, they, yeah. I, I, I tell you one thing, they, they let Sauce Gardner get handsy. They let Sauce Gardner get real physical. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I've watched him a few times, and, and I agree with that. Like, I don't know if it's like, you know, they're trying to adapt a new type of, you know, officiating towards cornerbacking or something, but, you know, they damn sure didn't, you know, show it in the Super Bowl because they called it a damn holding call. At the end of the game, but it, you know, if that would have been Sauce Gardner, maybe they wouldn't have caught it. <laughs> oh, that plays a role in it too. I think if, but I think the the better players know the things that they get away with. Like if you've ever watched, like I've got Kobe Bryant's book. He talks about he got an officiating book. He got an official's ears and said, "Hey, when do you call this type of thing? What would cause you to call this type of foul?" He's mm-hmm. reading the handbook to understand it. So. Good players look for those little things like that. I'm not going to say they don't. Bradbury got caught, and he's got caught in a position, like we said. Yeah, he definitely did, man. He, he, he just he, getting caught out of position. You sitting there, don't want to sit there and give up a touchdown. You, you don't want to give up something crazy, and it's just like your instinct is to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, hold him a little bit because, of, you know. The hold is not going to, you know, kill me like a pass interference, but maybe he might not see it, and he saw it, you know. The crazy and, you thing know, is the touchdown keeps him in the game. Yeah. I mean, if he if he wouldn't have held him and Kansas City scores, Philly would have had a chance. Right. So it just it, it comes down to where it's like, you know, um, the guy for the Bengals that, that, uh, that did the penalty on um, Mahomes, like, he made three good plays before that penalty, like that really kept him in the game. The lead up to the play from Mahomes, they had a run, and here he made that, you know, he made that play for the penalty. So it's like, you know, Burrow did have the ball, you know, he did have a chance to win the game, and he and he couldn't get it done. But here comes this one player that made plays on his own to keep them in the game. You know what I'm saying? I just looked at that with just like, that's crazy whenever you look at something where a player may make a mistake. And Bradbury just played good football all the way up to that point. Because, you know, it wasn't like he was getting torched out there. Like you said, I mean, it's just you're going to give up yards in this day and age of football. I mean, just point blank period. 
like AJ Brown on that play, that throw by by Jalen Hurts compared to that Hail Mary attempt, which I think was a pure. When you go back and look at it, just I just think it just came off his hand wrong. I mean, it just, I think yeah, he, he definitely can wing it. Exactly. He, he, he can definitely wing it. I laughed at that and had fun with it because I was with an Eagles fan, but I think he definitely can wing it. But I just think in that situation it slipped, but he threw a hell of a pass to AJ Brown that showed he got an arm. He threw that bomb to Devontae Smith, the the, yeah. the the drive of their last touchdown. So yeah. he's got an arm. It's just yeah, he didn't get under it. But yeah, I there's so many good corners. I don't know who gets in the Hall of Fame next. It it really comes down to their criteria. Um I wanted to say Kit was Ken Riley on this Hall of Fame list? I, I saw it once, and I just – I looked to see if the Cowboys got in. I, I'll be honest. That's yeah, what that's I'm what looking, I'm, for. I'm looking to see who got knocked off and who, who made it. And I was like, it was a bunch of people that I saw that got knocked off. I was like, damn. And then noticing that, you know, I was like, you know, these, these people are deserving. You know what I'm saying? Like, for first ballot, you know what I'm saying, consideration, it's, just, it's, it's definitely deserving. I'll say this too real fast. I read an article that pissed me off. It said three Dallas Cowboys make the Hall of Fame. And I'm sitting there reading the article, and I'm like, Chuck Halley, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. lifetime Cowboy. Marcus Ware, yeah, played majority of his career Dallas Cowboys. Yep. They had the nerve to include Zach Thomas, who played his last year in the league with <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> this article said three Dallas Cowboys made the Hall of Fame. That is crazy, man. And that's all for clicks. All for clicks. clicks. I thought Darren Woodson had got in because he was on the ballot. And I'm like, okay, he was part of the dynasty, three rings. He he getting in? Nope. And here I got a a Dolphins fan sitting there like, we finally got a player. We got it. We got a player in. And uh, I'm like, I should have messed with him. Like, nah, he's he's a Cowboy. He's he's a Dallas. And yeah, when I saw that, I said, (laughs) man, if they don't get all the way out of here with this, that's crazy, (laughs) man. That's crazy, man. Does it's crazy when you say like when you say it's like it's crazy how you look at corners, but it's just like every position. I think like I said with the NFL now, it's like to 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 look at like a Hall of Famer is going to be kind of the same as this, but it's different in a sense. Like it's like Hall of Famers is going to be so judged so different now, man. Like it's it's like it's really making me think where you don't have to play. 17 years to be one, you know what I'm saying? Like, but you're going to have to put up exceptional, exceptional, you know, like really, really, really good numbers in that time. Maybe about a, you play 13 years, you got to be great. Oh, well, I think we just saw that with J.J. Watt. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, when he got drafted, I thought he would have been, a, you know, a 20-year player with his work ethic and mm-hmm. everything he went through going to get into Wisconsin, which was his dream school and, he he played what I think 2011. He was in the same draft class as Cam Newton. So yeah, he, he didn't have a super long career, but he'll he'll be first ballot. I think he won multiple defensive player of the years. Um, he's a prime example of that. I think JJ Watt did everything you could want out of a de- defensive player. Um, the only thing he didn't have was he just didn't win the Super Bowl. But yeah, I don't, I think you're right. Players aren't going to play as long, and then not only that, there's so many subscription services, Twitter accounts, uh, just pages in general that are dedicated to telling you what your favorite player did right or wrong. Mm-hmm. 
And I I love film study when it's done correctly, but some of these pages that are dedicated to narrative and they want to prove their point so bad that they make a grading system that makes no sense <laughs> in the world. And, and then people use it as if it's the gospel. So that yeah, I know is, who you, and I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but and and then it creates these sub sub uh pockets of people that do it. Can you imagine if somebody ran through tape of Lawrence Taylor and said, well, he didn't fill the gap right on nine out of ten plays, even though he had three sacks and knocked out two quarterbacks, I give him a C minus for how he played today on, on his 68 snaps. Yeah. Like that's just mentally fucking crazy. And that that's where the world is in watching football. Like somebody's chopped up the film of the Super Bowl and they're giving Jalen Hurts a B minus grade. And that person is crazy for that. But that's football in this day and age. And that's that's what's going to hurt some of these people going forward. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that, I don't know. That's just, that's just me. Like, some of the guys we talk about that, like I said with Terry Bradshaw, like, I wasn't alive for his career. He's, he's maybe not one of them. But if we start talking about um, Walter Payton got drafted in 75. He played 10 years before I was born. There's people that talk about him like he was a mythological creature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's people that talk about Deacon Jones like he beat Kratos in a fight. You know, so I'm pretty sure Gail Sayers outran the Flash at one point. You're not going to see that anymore because the way people break down film and, and shit on these guys. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a great point. That's a great point. It's just like, uh, like it's it's going to be crazy now to where, where people will be like, that's a that's a first ballot Hall of Famer right there. I'll be like, oh man, times have changed. But like that, you know, a career that's going to be redeemed great is going to be so different than what we what we came up to seeing. And and you know, I remember you were sitting there saying about Troy Aikman when he when he got in. It was like. I don't know about Troy, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> as a Cowboys fan, they put him in first ballot, and I was like, what did they see that I didn't see? I mean, because, you, like, if you look at it, there's no way you're telling me a dude that threw 15 touchdowns and 12 picks. <laughs> he played good in a playoff game and a half, and, and you're putting him in the Hall of Fame. So, like, there is, so there is instances where they might have got it wrong. Or they might have jumped the gun a little bit in the back in the back in, 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 in back in the day. So that's why I brought that to your attention because it's like you 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 make a good point there. Even though I love Troy Eggman. I look, I love Troy Eggman. I love the fact that he was a winner. But if we're being honest and we're having that same discussion, if you say does Troy Eggman belong in there beside Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? Patrick Mahomes already has more career touchdowns than Troy Aikman does. And and he did it in like more than over a season less. So I I can't justify it. I think there's guys, though, that are so important to the history of the league. But the league is going to look at it differently. Like, there's no way Joe Namath will be a Hall of Famer under today's standards. But Joe Namath is well-respected. If you're talking about people born... 50s, 60s, 70s, they respect the career that Joe Namath had. You know, interceptions back then were far more common. 
So some of the things that he did in his career are viewed in the right context by people of that older generation. So that's what's helping him. But yeah, Troy Aikman, he's not in the upper room. He got a he got a bronze colored Hall of Fame jacket, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm having some I'm having some technical difficulties. I lost your volume and went down. I don't know something that happened with my phone. I got you. I'm still here, but yeah, we have technical difficulties. It it just might yeah, be we, uh that might be the signal. I know, right? <laughs> it was <laughs> it was sitting there saying like, hey, hey, the phone, I think the phone I, gave us a wrap it up, Pastor. Right. I know we I know I was sitting there sitting there saying, but man, it was it was crazy with the Hall of Fame talk because it was a good point that we, you know, that you uh that you brought that up about the Hall of Fame. That's why I was like that that was a good thing to talk about there for a good stretch. But um I think with what what is going on, definitely not uh a good comfortable position to, to, to keep keep on continuing on with this podcast. So I wanna say for this Super Bowl edition slash Hall of Fame, but we can say congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. But congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles for putting on a good game and being a hell of a runner up. And it's like, you know, y'all got to go back to the drawing board just like, you know, everybody else with the Chiefs are going to be celebrating and riding high. And, you know, they got a, they got a championship. Travis Kelsey out there shouting, you got to fight for your right to party. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was all good. So, John, anything you want to say before we end? I can't say nothing good about the Eagles. I'm going to just say congratulations to the Chiefs. No, in, yeah. in all seriousness, in all seriousness, Philadelphia will reload. Man, they got a top ten pick. They'll be back. Man, Jalen Hurts is—he's one of those guys that's so good it's hard to dislike him. Um, but definitely, shout out to the Chiefs. Shout out Andy Reid. Uh, shout out Pat Mahomes. Big legacy game. Happy to see him win it. Yep. 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 And that's it, man. It's gonna be the episode of Sauce Talk, man. Y'all have a good one. Enjoy. Your Monday. I'm out. John, thank you. Yes, sir.